Lamira, July, 2009. A converted apartment inside an old commercial building is rented out by a young couple looking for residence. While the new renters were in the process of completing modern updates and renovations, the apartment begins to reveal that not all prior occupants have left. Shadow figures knocking, heavy footsteps, and dragging sounds from the over 100-year-old basement would lead to a priest exercising the home. Wisconsin has been referred to as the most haunted state in the nation. And in this episode, you share some of your paranormal experiences with us in Badger Bazaar's first ever Halloween Parashare. Welcome to Badger Bazaar. A murder investigation would lead police to the farmhouse of Ed Gein. Mass murder at Frank Lloyd Wright's Spring Green Estate, Taliesin. Now authorities believe the suspect, 31-year-old Jeffrey Dahmer, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode 31 of Badger Bazaar. I am your host, Scott Whitman, along with me, your other host, Mickey Sanders. How There's are you doing, buddy? the jubilant attitude I love to oh, hear. I'm in a good mood tonight, man. I don't know why, but it doesn't make much sense, but that's great, man. We are just a few days out from Halloween, and by the time you all hear this, we'll be... It might be just a day or so from Halloween. It might be actually on Halloween itself by the time we get this out. But this is going to be a little bit of a different episode than what you're all used to. We have our own little parish air episode coming straight from the first annual Great Lakes Paranormal Conference that Mickey and I attended um, about a month ago now. It's been that long. It's been that long. And we did a number of interviews with a, a lot of the attendees to tell us their own paranormal stories. And we're going to talk about that Uh, and play those for you here today. We have all kinds of stories for ghost stories, uh, weird coincidences, uh, shared terminal lucidity. We have EVPs from Ed Gein. So this this episode will actually be a little longer as well than what you're used to. This will be probably over two hours. So don't be afraid to pause it, stop it, go do some work, come back, and take a listen to it. But come back. Of course. And, and... Not that you would ever tire of our voices, but you will hear other voices that might keep you interested. Sure, a little bit you of variety. Just be there. Us. Yeah, yeah, and and we 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 gotta say a, a big shout out to all of you. Our last episode, the Milton House, was by far really the most downloaded episode we've had in the first seventy-two hours of any episode. No like, kidding, like by a lot. So 
See, he doesn't share this stuff with me off off mic. So, I mean, I'm just surprised to hear that. Is that's awesome? The numbers were outstanding. So, whether it's uh, subject matter or just uh, straight up growing popularity, we're not real sure. And actually, we really don't care because of the numbers. Um, are wonderful, and we have to thank you guys for that. Uh, as we've talked about in the past, we have more things coming in the hopper. We do have a Patreon that will be coming um, soon, within the next couple months. So we are certainly looking forward to that and to telling you all about that in the coming episodes. One thing I do want to talk about is we are in, obviously, the Halloween spirit. End of October, <laughs> mid-October. It's always a fun time. I did find an article that I want to pass through to you. And I'm assuming there's a list. It's not a list. Well, oh. it, it actually, it is a list. It okay. is a list, but I'm not reading the list. It's just, it's the creepiest haunted house in Wisconsin. So it's just one place. What do you think it is, Mick? It's a list of one. The creepy, well, you know, it's, I, ha- I have to say it's a little misleading because it's not technically a haunted house. It's a place. It's right. a place. Oh, it's, it's not a, like a, a haunted house as in what they put up for on, in, during Halloween, you mean? No, right. It's a real haunted place. It's the creepiest haunted house in Wisconsin. See, and the the, the easiest answer would be Summerwind because we've been promoting that since the first couple of episodes, but obviously it's not that. So I'm going to go ahead and say I have no idea. Is that right? It is right. I, you're right. I, it's actually I have no a, idea. The website 24-7 Wall Street has picked the Fister Hotel in Milwaukee as the, quote, creepiest haunted house in all of Wisconsin, which obviously, for one reason, it's not a house; it's a hotel. It's got hundreds of rooms in it. Um, the second second thing, it's a five star hotel. It's not real creepy, you know what I mean? Right. But obviously, this is something that we've talked about. It has a reputation. Baseball players are scared right. as hell. Of and this it. is That's what it, sure. it talks about. It says, "quote According to the site, the site is twenty four seven Wall Street. The Fister Hotel in Milwaukee is the creepiest haunted house in all of Wisconsin. Many people who stay at the hotel, built in eighteen ninety three walk away with some spooky stories of their own, including some professional athletes in town for a game. Quote, The Fister Hotel often hosts baseball teams who are in town to face the Milwaukee Brewers. Many of these players leave town with strange ghost stories. Players like Bryce Harper and Brandon Phillips said they have clothes moved around their room and their electronics turned on by themselves. Some players said the ghosts leave them alone as long as they ask politely. It, it has such a reputation that, that a lot of players simply don't stay there with the rest of the team. They get their own place in Milwaukee. So, If you've ever seen American Horror Story, like the fifth or sixth season is called, it's an anthology series. The fifth or sixth season is called Hotel. Actually stars Lady Gaga even, but maybe it's along those lines. So, I used to watch American Horror Story, I think, pretty much up until that season, up until that season. But I, I did, I know Lady Gaga was in it, and I, I remember seeing episodes, and it was... Kind of like really gruesome, right? Well, that's, a lot of, right. It's getting, but that's kind of where like American. But the Horror whole Story hotel is turn. basically just, you know, there's there's a specific room or two that are really focused on, but you know, it's just kind of got that feeling, or like maybe H. H. Holmes Hotel of Death. You know, maybe it's along those lines. Well, we got to go there and check it out, I guess. Before we can, speak none of the legends part. are about that though, and we covered this in last year's Halloween episode. Um, there's not really any trauma that happened there no that real we know. Bad there's stories, right, right. It's just, you know, the the, the guy that built it is purported to haunt it and you know there's there's not a real a lot of creepy stories to go with it so that's why i'm, I'm surprised that that right is what this there's Just a lot spirits maybe that I mean, are present supposedly but nothing even too haunting or yeah there's, there's plenty of other places in wisconsin that i would choose as the quote creepiest haunted house right before i would choose the fister hotel but then they have another thing here mickey and it's called wisconsin village 
named it the creepiest ghost town in the state. What do you think that is, Mick? You have any Little idea? shoot. I won't. I won't argue that. That could be <laughs> right up there. We I don't know right about. I don't know if it's ghosts, but there's some shit going on. I think on it's the people who live sometimes. there probably more than anything. Yeah. So this this website called Thrillist, who a lot of people probably have heard of, calls Pendarvis the creepiest ghost town. I've heard that in name all of before. Wisconsin. Obviously, if you listen to our Mineral Point episode just a few episodes ago, probably episode 29, 20, 28, something like that, you would have heard about Pendarvis. It says, The creepiest ghost town in Wisconsin is Pendarvis, a preserved town that stands as a monument to the abandoned mining community from centuries past. The southwest Wisconsin town of Pendarvis was founded by Cornish immigrants looking to cash in on lead and zinc mining in the mid-1800s. The homes, built of wood and limestone, held up long after the population dwindled in search of greater prosperity. Fully restored cabins and cottages are now a museum and preserved historical site. Cross the street and take a walking tour of the Merry Christmas mines that once fueled the economy, if only briefly, unquote. Episode 28. What's pretty cool is we're so good at this. We've covered both of those already. We've covered them in an- anthology episodes. Right. Well, say. the fist. They haven't been standalone episodes. No. Right? Well, I mean, how long can you focus on one specific place like that? But we've covered wi- within pretty good detail each each of those places. So we, we do a good job. We're on top of it, buddy. I'm patting Badger my back. Bizarre. Yeah, so Heck as yeah. much as I can Keep without going. throwing my back out. Not that we would agree with both of these either. I no, know, for like, sure. Not. The creepiest haunted house is not the Fister, and <laughs> the creepiest ghost town is not Pendarvis. No. It's certainly not. It, There's Pendarvis definitely is, history because of the mining. Pendarvis is really cool. If you haven't right. been there, I would certainly go see, but more of a historical aspect, not necessarily a, a creepy vibe. I never got a creepy vibe with it. And you've been there a few times. A few times, that. yeah. Great place to go. No, definitely. If you're, if you're looking for... The history of Wisconsin and, and, you know, living museums, living history museums, definitely a great place. Good pasties, too, I've heard. But let's let's get into our parishers that we did at the Great Lakes Paranormal Conference. We're going to kick it off here with Jill Shelley from Minnesota, who owns the Boyd House, which many of you listeners I know have investigated, I know have visited, and many have wanted to. Just to add here, you know, this was obviously taken, th- these interviews were done at the Paranormal Conference, so you're going to hear some background noise. It's not going to be as crisp and clear and as smooth and creamy as Mickey's voice usually is. Oh my God, I just open my mouth. There's going to be some background noise. It's not a problem. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to hear. I don't think you'll have any issue at all. And I am smooth and creamy. So let's hear from Jill Shelley herself <laughs> about the Boyd House in Minnesota. So we are at the 2023 Great Lakes Paranormal Conference here in Glen Beulah, Wisconsin, the first annual. I hope it's annual. I don't know if they've announced that yet, but we're assuming it will be the first annual Great Lakes Paranormal Hopefully Conference. Hopefully us showing up doesn't screw that up. No, me. yeah, you're right. Maybe they, they just won't let us come after. back, but you <laughs> never know. Who right. knows? So, and we are here with a special guest. Why don't you tell us who you are and why you came here today? Uh, my name is Jill Shelley. And I actually own a two haunted locations. Uh, one's called the Boyd House, located in Boyd, Minnesota. And then the other one is a Masonic Lodge located in Keysburg, Illinois. She's wearing a shirt that shows it and everything. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it's got a cool little ghost on it and everything. So it's tell us a big deal, yeah. The, the Boyd House. Tell us about the Boyd House and maybe a little history of the house. And is there a haunted history to it? Like, why would people ghost hunt that? Oh, they want to play with the dead. Right. <laughs> so, um, the That's Boyd, why we're all here, right? Yes. The uh, Boyd House was actually built in 1901, and we've had five confirmed deaths in the house. 
um, two children. Not and, since you bought it. Not since I bought <laughs> okay, it that I know of. Maybe I, I gotta go hiding now. I'm in the sorry. wall somewhere. <laughs> might have to make a nine one one call here pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> So five confirmed deaths. That's that's quite a bit. So this, yeah. w- do you know what the deaths were caused by? The children especially? One of the children when they were two choked to death. The other one died in infancy. Um, both parents passed away in the home. Their funerals were held in the home. Um, and then we had an elderly lady in the 70s. Uh, but we also have a lot of antiques that could have attachments. We have an extreme haunted painting really? in our, in our um, back bedroom. That so the stories aren't real morbid. I mean, it's kind of natural well, causes. Even I mean, the baby children dying. choking yeah. to death is right. pretty right. But it wasn't nobody did yeah. it. Hopefully, right. Well, it's it's a, you know it's kind of a better story if you have like a tragic right. death. But you can still just even if you just died of a heart attack, you can still have your the haunting it, it, at the house. So, so is there is there a like a, a pretty somber, heavy feeling when you're in the house? I mean, two children died in the house. Yeah, that's right. Sad. I mean, that would be. Can it, you feel that? Do you think when you when you go in there? I don't feel the sadness. I think okay. they're happy as the family to be there again. Sure. Okay, um, they are very well respected family members in the community. They actually own a business. They build the church. He was part of the school board, the fire department. So very well respected in the town. So I think they're just happy. Okay, being in their home, we don't have anything malevolent in our in the home. Everything they seem to really enjoy interacting with the people. So it's good visits. It's good visits, oh, yeah. Good. So it's 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 a lot of fun. You just run the gamuts of anywhere in that you can see shadows, apparitions, being touched, equipment. Um, I've audibly heard voices. Objects have been moved in the house, thrown across the room, really? things like that. And I think it's more of an attention sure. versus... Look at me, or, you know, trying to tell you that they're there. Right, right, right. Yeah. When you talked about that painting, what, what exactly do you mean? You said it's really haunted or whatever. Um, that one, so what we acquired that from a lady. They found this painting on the side of the road. It's just, you almost have to look at it. It's just really weird. It's got like a monkey in it sitting on some red chairs by a tree but it's like inside of a house it's just so bizarre and then there's a story written on the outside of the frame and this particular family brought it home the wife never read the story because she felt like she was going to open a portal she felt like something was always staring at her from the picture so her husband became extremely obsessed with this painting he hung it in the garage he would find him just out there for hours staring at it because it it pissed off his wife so he (laughs) loved it (laughs) maybe (laughs) (laughs) but um unfortunately he ended up committing suicide in front of the painting so she wanted absolutely nothing to do with it like it took control of him it did i think so because she i mean you know, not that it couldn't happen, but she said that, you know, he was always happy. We had a good life. We had money. We had kids. And not th- that doesn't mean anything because I know people are still depressed on the inside and sure. great on the outside. Right. But it, she just kind of felt that it was from the painting. We brought it into the house and we had a couple of our um, equipment say different things. When I first brought it in, I said, what do you guys think of the painting? And it said, monkey, evil, get rid of it. And we've mm-hmm. had a lot of people get a lot of comments on that painting. That story's so. kind of along the lines of one of the Some, summer winds. Summer wind, yeah. Right. Right. Or one even the shining kind of reminds me of it. Yeah. So the, um, even with the painting, there's nothing that you would call malevolent. I oh. haven't had anything myself, okay. but ironically, ever since I hung that painting up, I no longer have power in that room. I have really? never, I've never brought an electrician in to find out why, because you know, ghost hunters do everything in the dark. So why pay the electrician? Right. Yeah, but right. I just find it kind of oddball that well, all of a sudden, it's a it weird seems coincidence. like, you know, right, it right. seems like to me that what could be more submissive 
than killing yourself in front of that painting. You right. know, so yeah. if there is something connected to that, wouldn't that be the purpose? Wouldn't right. that be their motivation? So you would think. But would, I also don't spend a lot of time staring at it. I wouldn't either. either. <laughs> I'm good for you. I, like I to would sleep next to it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cuddle up with it. That's right. I put it under the blanket. Put it in the basement. Good. Face right. it towards the wall. Yes. I'm not, not right. checking out that at all. Right. Tell us about the other place that you own. Well, we just bought that one, so I don't know a lot about okay. it except um, that it, it was built in 1861 and it was originally formed as a Masonic lodge. Oh, and this yeah. is located um, where? That is in Keysburg, Illinois. So we're hoping to have that one up and running by mid-May. I'm going to go in two weeks to, to see what other evidence I can find. But when we did our initial walkthrough, I got three EVPs. In an hour and a half? In an hour right, and a half, right. yes. And the Masons have such a rich history anyway. Oh, my gosh. I'm I mean, so fascinated oh by it. Man, I knew nothing crazy. really about them until I'm reading. I'm like, wow, this is very interesting. <laughs> so nothing else has forced you to learn so much about an amazing group of you know, exactly. People, yeah. yeah. So what, what, do you know the history of it in the prior years that you've had it? Like the, what is the last 30 years of that building? Cause it was a Masonic lodge. Right. And I'm not, I think it ran, I know there was something sitting on the desk in 2000. They were having a spaghetti feed. Okay. Um, so but I know, so been, yeah, it's, it's I know not somebody, just abandoned for the last 30. Right. Years, I know the last four years, somebody bought it was going to do something with it. And they never did. Um, so so it's just been sitting vacant, but you know, there's a, a paranormal history to here. You went to bothered purchasing in the first place right well i wouldn't say that i'm psychic but i do have a really good feel for things and for some reason a lot of the masonic lodges and same with like schools and churches and places that you think people wouldn't be dead they just seem to have that energy that draw and so that's why it sometimes it becomes haunted well again you you have you have 160 years of history with that place you know for 160 years people have been walking through that building so you have the energy of that and they're masons and they're masons right Right. really a lot going on who knows what was going on that's awesome yeah Yeah. so we're just touching the tip of the iceberg on that one but we're excited to see what kind of things we can bring forward in there sounds fascinating Mm -hmm. so if somebody is interested in investigating the boyd house or the Masonic Lodge, how would they contact you? How would they go uh, the about The best way that? you can just hit us up at boydhouse217.com. Um, and that's got our website. So it's got all the information about the Boyd House, how to book it, dates available. And also once we get the Masonic Lodge up and running, we'll announce it on there. And then eventually getting our own website for the lodge as well. But also each one will have their own website. They will have okay. their own. But right now I would just go to the boydhouse217.com for the information. Cool. Or find us on Facebook too. Right. Find us on Facebook on Boyd House. Boyd Search House, for Boyd yep. House. Right. Are there Good any luck. other personal stories that you, you know, other than these places that you've, that are intriguing that you'd like to share with us? Oh or, my gosh. Or there's, just there's not like connected to those so places. many. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant, that's <laughs> what I meant to say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's just so many. I guess uh, like one of the most interesting things, I guess, that I have actually witnessed, if you want to look at something that's kind of crazy, is we were at a place called Whispers Estate in Mitchell, Indiana. Very well known for a lot of bad negative energy it was a doctor's house and he ended up actually uh killing his daughter after she was in a fire um there's been many deaths he's done ethical things with his patients a lot of the body parts are buried in the backyard there's just so much negativity um but there was a closet up there and it's called virgil's closet and he was a caretaker at this building and he was a very cranky old man the day of his retirement, he was putting his tools away in the closet. He dropped dead of a heart attack and died. So he's mm. really pissed off. <laughs> so there's a lot of people who go in that closet. And when I say closet, it's a big walk-in. There's a table in there. There's a chair you can sit in. It's like a room, basically. It's, it's, it's pretty big. Right. And even the people who own it said they won't come up there if that door is open. 
and people get locked in there when it's one of those locks that kind of like you have to kind of flip up slide over and drop down people get locked in people right. get scratched people get pushed because he's crabby all the because time. he's very crabby so of course we have to go sit in it <laughs> so all right <laughs> so we were sitting in there um we were running a spirit box and you know we were just kind of talking and my friend was sitting in the chair i was just standing and something in my head said get out of this closet and I just thought, well, you know, I don't like being in closets anyway because I'm always afraid I'm going to get stuck. Right. So you came and out of the closet. So I came out of the closet, <laughs> but I didn't say anything to my friend <laughs> Teresa about it. And then next thing you know, you hear on the spirit box, shut this door. Well, we didn't do that either. And next thing you know, her in that chair came flying out four feet across the room. She landed on her knees. She got thrown out. She got thrown, physically thrown I've out never, of I the closet. I haven't heard much of that. Wow. Yeah. So that was the first time I'm like, like oh, while man. she's sitting on the chair? could really mess with you. Yes. Her and the chair came flying oh out. Oh, my God. Together. <clears throat> and I said, well, did you just tip over? She goes, um, I didn't go four feet out of the closet <laughs> right. and tip over. Not that so. much of a klutz, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So, yeah, very interesting. That's when I realized that they can hurt you. So you got to kind of be careful. Right. Wow, that's that's incredible. You've never had anything like that. Nothing wow. vicious or malign. Nothing like this. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's the worst we've had. I mean, I've been scratched before and touched and pushed, had my shirt tugged down and stuff, and that's kind of cool. That was but your husband. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I tell him to stop. <laughs> I don't know. Not now. But we're hunting. <laughs> See, I know, so I know um, we were talking earlier about Velisca. Velisca. Yeah. Yes, yes. And that was our very first place we ever went to, a place that you could pay to stay at. And we had so many Class A EVPs from those kids. So it was incredible. Not the first place that you investigated, I hope. Well, no, we did local okay. bars and businesses okay, so and, yeah, and, and homes. But I think they, that would be a horrible we place to do to your it. first one. <laughs> oh, I was terrified. I like slept with my friend facing her, like, don't let go of my hand. Right. <laughs> no, every we've talked several times today to, to a number of people that have been there, and every experience has been terrifying. She said. I mean, it's, she said they got an EVP where the children were actually talking back and forth. To yes, I had I had the two kids talking back and forth. One said, "You want to play?" and the other one said, "No way." Uh, and then we also had um, clear as day. You said clear as day. I didn't even have to tweak them out. You guys, if they want, to, they can go to um, the YouTube and then look up our, my team, which is Saint Croix Paranormal, okay. and go way back to 2010 because that's where it's going to be. But there's a lot on there. There, there is the whole video of all our Class A EVPs from Velisca. Right. It is incredible. I've never since in my career gotten that many Class A EVPs ever. Awesome. Anywhere. Cool Saint Croix Paranormal on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You, so you said you've been all over the country. Yeah, we've Correct. we've gone like as far as Ohio, down to Kansas, Missouri, just kind of travel. Investigating? Over. Investigating, For, okay. yep. What did you do in Ohio? Did you do Mansfield? We did not do Mansfield, um, but we've done Post Town School. Okay. Uh, there was a... What's, what's so one, more, one, one more place throughout the country that you did that you really had a lot of... I love Edinburgh Manor in Iowa. It's like hands down my favorite place to go because you always get something. Yeah. Um, and I got a really great EVP. We had a lot of interaction with a little girl that particular night. And as we left, I got a great EVP of her saying, I'm going to miss you. Oh, you know, and right? so I kept yeah. going back because I wanted to connect with her again. And I right. never have been able to connect with her again. So I don't know if maybe she moved on mm-hmm. or maybe somebody sent her on her way. Um, but, yeah, we've gotten so many things from there. I just love it. What's the history of that place? A little, it used a to be a, like a poor farm and an insane asylum as oh. well. So, yeah, just so much. Like, we've gotten really good EVPs of men saying, get out of here, go away, just, right. you know, because they're crabby. Right. A lot of equipment interaction. I hear that at my parents' house a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and they're yeah. still alive. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks yeah. for, thanks uh, for having awesome. me on. It was great. Yeah, if you're in, you around, in or around Boyd, Minnesota, or anywhere else for that matter, and if you're looking to uh, investigate somewhere haunted, please contact BoydHouse217.com, awesome. and they'll put you up. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank awesome. you. All right. So our thanks to Jill Shelley from the Boyd House in Minnesota for checking in with us. Go ahead and check out their YouTube page. Uh, if you search on YouTube, St. Croix Paranormal, they have 128 videos on there of all, all their investigations, EVPs, all kinds of evidence that you can look at. And if you're looking to uh, investigate in Minnesota, go ahead and, and hit up the Boyd House. Sounds like a really interesting place. And, and just their enthusiasm, I, th- I think you can feed off that when you're there. But just the haunted painting alone sounds so intriguing. It might make you want to visit just for that. So she was really interesting and fun to talk to. And it, it sounds like a really cool place. All right, we're rolling, man. Tell us, tell us your name and and uh, where you're from. Okay, um, my name is Todd, and I'm from Sheboygan, Wisconsin, originally. But for about 15 years, I lived in a in the town of Lamyra, Wisconsin. Right. I had lived there with my ex girlfriend at the time, and uh, we actually were looking for a place to live because it was very hard to find a place to live in that town because it's a very small town. Yeah. And we were based in that town at the time, and uh, we had found this apartment, which was actually an old butcher shop store. Well, that's cool right off the bat. And so it was in very, very bad disrepair. And so we had moved into there, and we made a deal with the landlords that I could fix it up and they, I would do the work, and they would pay me, and they would supply the the materials to clean. Right, right. So you have to fix pay the place up. You have to pay rent or anything. You're basically living there. To well, fix no, it we, up. we we did have to pay rent, oh, but did, they okay. it was like they rent was covered for a while. You right, know, because you had an of agreement. That. You're fixing and, like, the place up. They supplied all the supplies to fix it up. So I was in the process of fixing this place up so after what, what, work. What year? What what time span are we looking at? What year ish? Um, this was two thousand nine. Okay, Good. so fairly recently. Then. Yeah, yeah. You're this was in two thousand nine, cool. and um, so we moved into this place. It had huge storefront windows in the front of it because it used to. This particular apartment was a store at the time. Right. Years, right. many many years ago, as a butcher shop. Yeah, that's cool. Right. And so I was in the front area where the store windows were up in front, and I was fixing that area up first. And I was painting the walls and um, just, you know, normal everyday stuff, you know, fixing a place up, painting the walls. And there was a maintenance man or building manager type guy that lived upstairs. And so he was coming in and out and he was coming about the building, you know, and stuff. It was it wasn't unusual for him to pop in. And I was painting the walls. And all of a sudden, when as I was painting the walls, I saw a figure against the wall across from me, and I thought it was him. You know, it was just out of the corner of my eye. I thought it was the guy that was the building supervisor. And so I kind of just glanced over, and it actually wasn't an actual person. It was a very solid shadow person. It was solid, so you couldn't see through it. You could not see through it. But and that's it was, why you mistook it for an actual person, because yes. it was just that much of an anomaly. Yes, it actually had, it was, had, a, had a very solid black figure to it 
I called it I call it the shape, like not really like Michael Myers, you know, but it right. was a shape of a person. Right. Yeah. And it it wasn't a very tall person. It was the shape of a person, but it was a man. It appeared to me to be a man, but it was a solid figure of a shadow, like, and it just appeared for a few seconds and it disappeared. Nothing else after that. And I thought to myself, okay, like, am I just like tired or seeing things? <laughs> right. It's just like, how right. can this be, man? You know. Right. And so, like, I go back to my business and I'm painting and working on stuff and. Then there was a living, what was the living room area next to it, and I was working on that. And you could see through the living room area to the kitchen. Big open concept type thing. Which, yes, it was at the time, that's where they actually slaughtered the animals was in the kitchen. I was going to say, there's got to be a lot of energy just for that. And so there was like three or four rooms going off of the kitchen. And as it was at, one of my neighbors that told me at the before that that was where they butchered and slaughtered the animals and stuff so in that area. So there's things going on. In yeah, there. so then um, I was standing there, and you could see the see outside the kitchen door from where I was standing, which I was almost at the point where I had seen the, the shadow figure. And I saw what looked like somebody standing outside the door. And I'm like, okay, again, I'm thinking, well, that's probably the dude from upstairs. And all of a sudden, it literally went from being outside the door to appearing in the kitchen. And it was the same shadow again. And a few seconds, and it disappeared. But like it was following you around almost. And so then I had talked to my ex-girlfriend at the time. I said, um, you know, the next day after that, we were in there, and I said, this this place is haunted. I'm like... There's some weird stuff going on here. And she's just like, don't talk about it. Don't tell anybody. Don't say that. You're crazy. And I'm like. It's nice to be supported, huh? I'm like, okay, whatever. And I went, went about my business and I kept working on it. And I was doing all the work by myself after work. So then we're sitting there and we're doing all this stuff. And I had gotten to the point where I was working on stuff in the kitchen and the other areas. And we had this door going to the basement and the door to the basement was only access the basement was only accessible through the door that was in our apartment oh okay and so i had been working on this i painted that door i did all these different things and working on things and all of a sudden like after a while i started noticing that when i would i'm i'm a very security conscious person so i would go and i would lock even though there was no other access to that basement door, I'd make sure the basement door is locked, the front door is locked, and the back door is locked. Why not? Yeah. And every morning when we would wake up, the basement door would be open and the light to the basement would be on. And you know you locked it. And I know I locked it, and she had older teenage children. Okay. So I had asked everybody, I'm like, hey, is somebody opening this door Just and turning the light on and leaving the door open? You know, like, because right. this is like, always happening all of them said no so i'm like well that's really really odd yeah and really i i had done some ghost investigating back in years ago like and it really wasn't even anything that i was thinking about seriously at the time and it's like we just happened to go past a place and i was mentioning some of my ghost investigations and turned out her son had a friend that was living with us at the time like we kind of started piecing together that maybe something weird's going on because like they would get up at night because they would hear dishes falling they would hear footsteps they would hear things at night and they would get up thinking somebody's in the apartment 
and they would get up with baseball bat and knives and stuff right. and like think check all the rooms nothing would be there they would hear dishes falling and nothing would be out of place that and doesn't just happen on its own like we started to all talk together and we finally realized that it's like there's something going on here yeah right and another weird thing is i had a cat and my cat would always be sitting at by in front of the basement door just staring at the door like would not something. leave it and it's like he sensed something and i'm like okay there's something definitely weird going on with this basement and with this this apartment and so i don't know like i just thought for some reason putting a mirror in front of the door i didn't think spirits like mirrors so i put a big huge mirror in front of that basement door against the wall just to prevent it and thinking maybe that would do something and i actually set up a video camera and i thought okay i'm gonna catch this thing opening the door you know seeing the door open well nothing appeared on it i tried it one night only but nothing appeared on it so i don't know if it could sense found another way around or just that there was that there was that we were trying to do that um so then like once we all got that together and we started talking about it then it seemed like things ramped up it seemed like the more you talked about it while inside there the more that things started to occur and um Mm -hmm. One day we were sitting in my ex's uh, son's room with his friend, and we were just standing there and we were talking about it all. And all of a sudden the phone rings. My girlfriend at the time had lost her phone, and it was coming up on the caller ID as her phone number. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe somebody found her phone. Trying to return it. And try, wanted to find out who, you know, how to return it. And I answer the phone, and I'm like, hello hello and I say hello like a whole bunch of times and nobody answers and all of a sudden my bedroom door slammed shut really hard I was kind of like taken aback by that and I hugged <laughs> the phone up and I just crapped myself then I then I said to my ex's son at the time and I says to him uh hey well it showed your mom's number on there I showed him the phone and I showed him the number and he says that's my number and this was back in the day of the flip phones, you know, the old right. flip phones. Right. He says that was my phone number because his mom had the account. And he had his flip phone sitting across the room closed on a dresser. And that phone had called our number so he didn't so with it's, no one on the line. But it's still coming from and within the house. And the door slamming. Right, it's coming from the and house and he's not operating the phone. No, he was not near the phone. He, we were, he was across the room from the phone. It was sitting on his dresser. <laughs> Just give me a and, you know, no pocket dialing, obviously. It's a flip phone and it's sitting on the dresser, you know. So then finally we started talking about it amongst me and his friend and him and his mom. Just trying to figure out what's and going on. And she started talking about it one day on the phone to somebody and the same bedroom door again just slammed shut as like somebody just was really mad and <laughs> slammed the door like really really hard we were like yeah there's definitely some weird stuff going on here and then like at night when i would be sleeping i never slept with the door closed but it's like i would hear footsteps all night long really? throughout the apartment more and more as you were talking about it more as we were talking about it it got more and more like almost fed off of it my girlfriend ex-girlfriend at the time she had a dog a pug and it was up in that front area where the windows were to the storefront and it made the most horrible whining crying scared noises at night that it's never made before and never made again after all this so the pets are even recognizing yeah the pets are noticing things are going on and it's like 
I never heard that dog make those noises like that before. Like it was being tortured almost. Yeah, because he would be in his kennel and he would be up in that front area where, you know. Just scared. So then I said to my girl, ex-girlfriend's son, I'm like, because they would stay up late at night. I said, okay, if anything happens, you guys wake me up. I don't care what time of night it is. I said, you hear things going on or whatever, wake me up. Right. So one morning, it, I, had get, I had to get up early all the time in the morning. I was getting up at about 4 o'clock, and about 3, 3.30 in the morning, all of a sudden, he wakes me up, and he says, come out here. And I came out there, and there was like a big, two huge pillars in the living room with huge shelving going across them, and he told me, look through there. And I looked, I bent over a little and peered through between the two shelves, and he says, do you see that? It was a stormy night, too. It was lightning striking, All the raining. there, right. And I look up into the where the storefront windows are, the two windows, two small, there was two or three smaller windows by the storefront windows, and there was a half a body, which, to me, the only way I could describe it was a Grim Reaper. Really? It looked like it had, a, like, a you know, sickle? like a like a cloak, you know, with a a hood over its head. And it was only a half a body, and it had its arms outstretched, and its head was moving from side to side, looking around. And so I'm like, how long have you been seeing this? And they're like, for maybe 20 minutes, a half an hour. And they weren't freaking out or anything. They were just They were freaked out. They were stunned by it. They they? were just more shocked than anything. And, I mean, afterthought... Um, I mean, this might just be a guess, but I'm thinking because of the lightning and because of the storm that somehow it was manifesting power from that to be able to manifest that long. But it was, like I said, it was only an apparition of a half a body. But you could tell that it was, I mean, there was enough detail to it. You could tell. I couldn't see any facial features, but it was just the outline that literally looked like a Grim Reaper with a hood with his arms outstretched and his head turning back and forth looking around the room things just kept escalating we kept having noises and things falling and knocks and i i would hear knocks that would go in successions of threes and it would always be doing that like you would hear knocks in successions of threes and um, that was throughout the day not even at night oh it was it seemed to me that the activity started at midnight and went until 5 a.m in the morning no kidding that's about the window that all that all this stuff mainly happened outside of the experiences that i had right. seeing the initially right. the initial yeah we were sitting there one night and it literally was almost a stroke of midnight and i mean we when we even wanted to talk about this we would go outside of the place <laughs> right. we would go down a block and sit on the on the <laughs> right. curb and talk about I this stuff it. because it's like You're we realized that it fed into it and it made it realize it was getting a reaction out of us it was getting the and it wanted. ramped things up right. and i mean all this stuff that i'm telling you happened within the span of about a week no kidding yes and you weren't looking for it it no. was looking for you yes definitely and no um kidding. so we're sitting there and just oddly weird enough my ex-girlfriend just was acting kind of weird and i'm like she's like putting her shoes on and she's just like i've had that i've had enough of this and i'm like what are you doing where are you going and it just seemed odd she just flipped out like and um, we like were that, like it was me, my ex girlfriend, her son, and his friend, which was living with us. We were all sitting in the living room, and all of a sudden we heard pounding coming up the basement steps. Very, very heavy footsteps. 
up the stairs, down the stairs, back up the stairs oh, again. Oh, pacing up and down. The again and with the basement. In the basement steps? Y- yes. So again with the basement. Again yeah. with the basement. Yeah. And then the doors, there was scratching on the door, and the doorknob started rattling. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, looking around, looking to grab something, and I'm like, wait a minute, there's no other way down there. This isn't a person. There's nothing I can grab that's going to protect us. And I'm literally waiting for that basement door to just fling open. Right. Yeah. It never did. You're giving me the willies, man. I heard pound, we heard pounding coming back down the stairs. It sounded like something hit the floor when it reached the bottom of the stairs. And we're all just sitting there just stunned. Like, what are you doing? we couldn't believe. We, we were all in total fear and shock because... This literally something's pounding up the stairs, scratching at the door and rattling the knob. And we're like, it's like poltergeist type stuff. We're like, it was unbelievable. I was waiting for it to appear and it it never did though, oddly enough. And you've never had these experiences before this place? I've had this dramatic, obviously. I've had one other sighting of a ghost in my life. Okay. So it all happened within a week, basically. But that was when I was like 16 years old. And this was probably when I was like 35. No kidding. And, um, so this all ramped up within a week. And, um, so you can't be making this up even in your own. So then we're literally all freaked out and we want to get out of the place. We're like, we're not staying here tonight. (laughs) Right. So we, we literally, um, went and stayed at a friend's house and, um, so then I turned on every light in the house when I left. And after work, I was the first person to come back. Every light was turned off. I knew you were going to say that. And so then it, this is like really a wild part of the story. And it, it's like we had neighbors that were Native Americans. And we had talked to them about what was going on in the apartment and asked them if they had experienced anything weird going on there. Because we were new there. Right. But like my girlfriend knew that, knew their her kids from working with them and stuff. She had worked with them. And they look at things differently as yeah. far as this kind of stuff. And I mean, so they were Sioux Indians, and okay. their grandfather was a medicine man. And they claimed to have him make frequent visits to them in their apartment. Really? And they claimed that they were medicine medicine women, they called it. Or, no, spider woman. Oh. That's what they called it in their culture, a spider woman, which was like a female, female type of medicine man type oh. spiritual. And they they claimed to have some abilities and stuff. And they said, if you would like, we'll come through and we'll take a look. Oh, sure. And I said, yeah, most definitely. Sure. I, I, I welcome you to come and check it out. I would be happy to see. And so what so they did. So they'd be investigating or cleansing it? They were going to just kind of get a vibe and see if some what's what going on really there. Okay. Like, they didn't do an actual cleansing. They came to do just to check it out and see what their vibes were, what was going on there. Sure, just to see what's going on. And so they went down into the basement, and they both were kind of looking at each other. And it's like you could tell they had this connection that they both were feeling something. And so they said, with everything that happened, I was willing to take their word for it. Right. They said that there was a spirit of a young boy... There was a spirit of a young girl there, and I don't remember the ages, but they had told me, but they want, I, think, I believe the boy was a bit older, okay. and they said that they were trapped in that basement and that there was another thing that was upstairs that was not allowing them to leave, right, and that. it was feeding off their energy. So they said, 
we will try to help you to help these two children to move on. And so we were like, yeah, that's great. Please. Then the daughter came along and she had sage. She had a jar and she had a knife. And she said, "Who, who would be the best person to back me up and come down here with me? Because, you know, if you aren't careful, something can overtake you. Right. And I said, well, I said, okay, I'll go with you. And I sat on the basement stairs and I watched her. And she burned sage. She took a knife and she cut the palm of her hand. And I mean, she was bleeding. And she made a trail of blood. There was a room that she said, which housed the furnace, that she said the little girl was in. So we had actually, she wanted the door open. There was three pretty good-sized guys, me and the two teenage boys. And we tried opening that door, and it was a hydraulic door. And we could not open that door, no matter how much we were trying. We were just, all three of us, pulling on it, pulling on it, pulling on it. And finally, it it gave way, and it opened up. Well, then after the fact, then she cut her hand, and she made a trail of blood going to, on the floor, going to this room. And she had this jar, and she said that she was going to trap the spirit in this jar. Sure. Because it didn't want to leave. Right. The spirit did not want to leave there at all. That's why it had trapped the children's spirits even, right? I mean, just trying to stay there. This was one of the children's spirits. Oh, it was? The the girl was afraid, and she did not want to leave. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. And so she made this trail of blood, and she claimed that she captured it in this jar. And she said that she had a spiritual-type advisor spirit named Kai, which would help this spirit move on. She would take it with her. She would use this other spirit that she has to help it to move on. Okay. Okay, so she did that. Then we moved on to another part of the basement, and it was the boy. Okay. The boy, once she did her what she did, her rituals and the things that she did in her culture— the boy moved on. He wanted to leave. He okay. wanted to leave. Okay. Okay, so then, and they even knew the names of the, the kids and stuff, really? too, the okay. two of them, and they, they both separately told me the names, and they were the exact same no names. No kidding. Oh, that's so cool. it was like kind of a testament to that, you know, yeah, obviously people could collude, but I didn't believe they were colluding right. at all. This is, this, none of this is made this up. story. They had said that they sensed another thing, which they called, they, they said it was more of an ent- entity. Okay. They said they did not have the power to deal with this thing. It was that powerful. It was that powerful that they did not have the power to deal with this thing. So then my ex was Catholic, and she had gone to her priest and told him about what was going on. Oh, really? You're talking exorcism maybe or something. Yeah. So then before the priest, the priest was scheduled to come the following night. Before that had happened, we had heard noises down in the basement again, and I was finally like, I waited about five minutes after being freaked out, and I said, well, <laughs> someone go with me. I'm like, I'm going down there to make sure that this is not a person. There's, n- I know there's no way a person can get in there, right. but I'm going down there just for my mental health right, to be like, peace of mind, right? this is something really messed up going on. Yeah. So then we went down there. Well, we walked from, and this was a very big old building, and we we went from one end of the basement all the way to the other end. And we heard a voice. Me and him both heard a voice, but it was indistinct what it was saying. We walked back up, and oh, also I had failed to mention, like when when the 
after the doorknob had been rattling and in the basement, I had freshly painted that door and there was claw marks, scratch marks on that fresh painted door. You knew they weren't there before. And they were not there before because I had just painted that door. You'd have noticed, yeah. And you definitely would have noticed that. So that was another thing that had happened. And um, so then we had the priest come over and he blessed the house with holy water and blessed the house and did a blessing and everything. And it was like after he left, this place always had a dark, heavy, foreboding feeling, which like you didn't really completely realize how deep and dark and heavy it was. But you felt different somehow. And all of a sudden it seemed like the sun was shining, the birds were chirping, like it seemed like there was was a lightness to the place. Like everything just seemed clear and done so his presence i mean the priest coming in made all the difference so him coming in actually did cleanse it cleanse it and then after i had talked to my natives native american neighbors they had actually told me that they sent their grandfather over there also to help really and i was like wow man that's really amazing. And you know, it was that noticeable of a difference. That noticeable a of a difference. It was like night and day. It's like it's like you had the blinds shut and you were living in a stuffy, deep, depressing like thing. And movie. they opened the blinds and the sunshine came in and it was a light, airy, peaceful feeling. And like, those, all those experiences were done at that everything point. Everything was done at that point. That's and we amazing. probably stayed in that apartment for about two more months. And then, well, I was I was thinking you were leading up to you were going to leave, but you ended up being able to stay there. We stayed there two more months, and there was other factors that had sure. us leave. It had right. nothing to do with the paranormal. Really? So you outlasted the thing. That's But, cool. yeah, it was, it was like that was basically the end of that whole experience. Wow. But How also, much of a time frame did you say? This is all within a couple of weeks, you said, right? A couple of weeks, all this stuff happened, and it was in July of 2009. That's crazy, man. And um, So the, the, to, the, the, the knocking in threes is interesting because that a lot of times when when researchers talk about demons demons will knock in threes basically because they're mocking catholics and you said your ex-girlfriend was a catholic yeah they all were catholic except for me so they're mocking because that means the trinity okay the father the son and the holy ghost yeah i guess i didn't know that. and they're mocking her yeah Yeah. i didn't know that and it's like yeah, that's was, why a lot and, of I mean, like, just a lot with, of times when you're dealing with poltergeists or you're dealing with demons, a lot of things like that, noises, knocking, scratches, happen in threes, right. and that's what the oh, that's well, nobody knows that you know. I don't know that anybody can prove that, but that's what right. the thinking is on that is that that that's you know a quote unquote demon and well, they're mocking everything he's saying and they're I mean, mocking. Well, they were calling it an entity, which yeah. right. Well, he's not technically gonna, probably not going to call it a demon. Yeah. I always thought it was somebody that was. <clears throat> very evil in their life or someone sure. that never was actually a person aka right. a demon right right so and it made all the difference the priest showing up he, he comes in and it goes away and that's so what yeah that's it what all did ties it. together man wow, and the grandfather somehow right, like yeah, according right. to my neighbors but man, sure, yeah. it's like and they said he had battled many spirits and demons and things in his life when wow. he was alive for the tribe and stuff like that so it's like i never got to them with all the stories of that but right so he, one time I actually could convey one story they did tell me. They said that he had a he had a sword on his wall and one time the sword went flying off the wall and stuck in the bed right next to him. Like when he was actually he trying was in the bed? Yeah, when he was trying to deal with some type of spirits or demonic forces that 
someone in the tribe was dealing with. You when know, the wall tried to stab him with the sword. Yes, that was oh, one wa- really wild story. And then wow. also another really wild story, which was part of it when I mentioned the fact that the daughter had cut her hand. I mean, this just blew me away. I couldn't believe it. It's like she cut her hand. I saw her do it. She cut herself pretty deep. It was bleeding pretty heavily, pretty profusely. And a couple hours later, it literally looked like it was almost partially healed. Really? Which was a very bizarre, very... If it's that deep, it doesn't heal that quick. They claim to have some energies and some powers and stuff. And it's like, I witnessed that myself. It's like... That was very unbelievable. It looked like it had to have been healing for like two weeks at least. No like, kidding. It did not look like a fresh wound that had just been slid open and by any means. And you watched her cut herself. And I watched her cut herself. And that was another really, really... Like these people have... Powers. Unbelievable thing about it. No yeah. kidding. So we actually did do some research into the property that Todd is talking about in Lamira, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, and there's not a whole lot that comes up about it. One of the interesting things is it actually was used as a haunted house during Halloween. It was the basement to the house. That it's was a used. big building. The, yes, it's a very old building. It's, it's a big building. And it's pretty cool that it was used once as a butcher shop. You know, I mean, right. saying, there's some weird history. There. And who else, you know, what else was it used as? You know, we're not exactly sure. But there's nothing that comes up in the research that we can find that, that would lend it to have some something like a demonic presence that sounds like what this might be in this house. I know Todd was saying at the end of our interview that there's some kind of a story um, where there was a park next door and that there were somebody had seen or it's been reported that there was a person dragging what looked like a body at one point in the park. And that obviously that was never validated. So that's not necessarily true it's not necessarily not true right you know know. rumors start maybe somebody just saw something some kind of aberration and maybe it was something who knows right but but even even todd didn't necessarily know a whole lot because i don't think there's a whole lot to know about this building except for what it served as as far as commercial business and stuff but there's just the butcher shop alone you know there's yeah you know just the spirits that could go on there just the energy that's around it would would Probably caused interesting things to happen. So it, there's definitely an interesting energy source that could be going on there. And judging by his stories, it's well. And and he he didn't even know we were going to be there. He walked into the room and found us and was like, told us this story. And he, yeah, he admitted like right he doesn't. Off his head. He's not real comfortable talking to people he doesn't know, especially with a mic in front of him. And like the floodgates open, and he the stories you're told were amazing. And and this isn't a guy who was looking for this stuff. He just happened to live there and. You know, he became a ghost hunter, I think, as a result of having lived there. This is not someone who just was making this up. These are things that he really believes happened, and he tells a story like he really believes it happened, and it's really believable as a result. Next, we're going to be moving on to Sherry and Robert Fairman, who uh, are great. They're a married couple. They're fun they've, as hell. They've yeah. become friends of the show, I think yep. I could say. Yeah. Great couple. He even calls himself a stalker a bit, which I've, I've never <laughs> had a stalker, so too bad it's a guy, but you know, still. Um, no, a fun couple. Both of them had really interesting stories that we'll play for you here. Robert also has a correction for one of our past episodes during the Peshtigo Fire episodes, 7, 8, and 9, I believe they were. Uh, and we've just actually passed the 152nd anniversary, which was October 8th this year. The 152nd anniversary of the Peshtigo Fire. 
we mentioned in those episodes that that the National Shrine of Our Lady of Champion, which is in Champion, Wisconsin, um, which was a church at the time during the fire, and everything pretty much burned up around it, but that church. Um, that's also the site of a Marian apparition. We say in the episode that the honor was bestowed an official site, that it was approved by the the Vatican as being an official site of a Marian apparition, and it was actually not the Vatican. It was approved on December 8th, 2010 by Bishop David Ricken of the Diocese of Green Bay. So it wasn't the Vatican, it was the bishop um, of the Diocese of Green Bay. So that's just a small correction. It's actually kind of a big correction. Right, well, that's <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting point, and it's, we appreciate that. I mean, because no we're doubt. just trying to give out the right information, and it's cool that somebody listens well enough and wants to reach out and let us know because, yeah, we're just trying to spread the history of this wonderful state and be accurate while we're doing not just full of shit like 100%. we normally are. 100%. And these two had, had great stories, fun stories. Um, so go ahead and take a listen. So, hey, hey, I'm Sherry Fairman, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Nice to meet you. And you have a, a clown story that you're going to tell. <laughs> you're the scared pause just now yeah it's like i'm the, geared up for it right let's go okay stop grabbing my hand scott stop grabbing my hand well the clown is a piece of the story but there's a lot more to it okay so before i was born my parents had my three brothers and they lived down in um in illinois and they wanted to get out of the city so they moved up to a little town called mason wisconsin okay. bought a couple acres of land and a little shed on there that had some electricity no water um and they decided that's where they were going to live and um had me shortly after my dad built the house around the shed and it was like a big two-story house some i can't remember the gentleman's name that he bought it from um and this is where they were going to raise their family a little little house on the prairie style right and so... Uh, oh, I have the theme song going on in my head. Yeah, we didn't have any water. We had electricity. We all shared the upstairs okay. of the house. It was like one big room. It wasn't separated off into rooms. It was just... And it was kind of like the upstairs slash attic. Okay. So the side walls were built in so that you had storage unit around like an angled roof storage area. My earliest memories of experiences that were happening in this house began with um, having my toes pulled and my ears pulled. So as I slept, I would never keep my feet or my ears exposed. They would always be under the blanket. If I ever had them out, they would for sure be pulled and uh, no kidding, touched. without exception. Without exception. If you didn't cover, they were getting Yes. Um, now I am now I have sharing a room with my three older brothers. So you don't know for sure who's doing it. <laughs> well, they experienced similar, oh. similar okay. things. Um, we, it, so as adults, we, we talk about the, our past memories, and this is how I can validate it, is that we all have similar stories that we've shared as adults. Right. Um, where we're like, you're kidding me, that happened to you? Yeah. So as kids, were you waking up and saying, who was pulling my ears? Or, yeah. Or, okay, oh, so yeah, knock it off, blaming okay. each other, right. but then getting, calling out from was... across the room, what are you talking about? Right. I'm over here. Yeah. And then you just stop thinking about it and move on. Mm-hmm. Well, then, then we would say, shit, in our head, <laughs> right. and tighten up the blankets. <laughs> right, yeah. And like a cocoon, and right. you still wondered if that was even enough. Right. Um. 
waking up in the middle of the night to a variety of experiences. So hearing my mother's voice call my name from downstairs. Mm -hmm. Sherry. Mm -hmm. Getting up, going down the stairs. Complete darkness. They're mimicking. Mom's in bed sleeping. That is something that is... too real. That freaks out. So then you crawl back up into bed. Waking up in the middle of the night to the bed shaking, like like physically shaking, right. and you wake up and you're still shaking. It doesn't stop. No kidding. And then you're like, guys, knock it off. So it's not a dream. Not yeah, a dream. It's real. They're not doing it. And this is where I think we were watching an episode of Kindred Spirits, and they were in the Conjuring House, and they were talk- the, the adults came into the home as adults now, um, and they were children at the time and they were mm-hmm. sharing stories. And I'm like, this is my story. Mm-hmm. This is what experience, what we experienced. Our beds would levitate. Our beds would levitate. Did you tell your parents about this then? Or did you say they're not going to? I'm sure we would tell our parents. And um, I think my mom believed us because my mom had, we always said she always had ESP. and sure. she, was, she was able to experience some of these things, but she didn't want to give it any energy. Right. So she was she like, okay, it's fine. Right. And my dad didn't give it right. any Just thought at all. Just passed it off. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so this type of stuff was happening pretty, pretty regularly. No um, the levitating? The levitating. Oh the, the other thing that yeah. we, and I don't know how ghosts do this i don't know how this happens but we would wake up in the middle of the night to a dinner party happening downstairs and we're in the middle of the country there's a a many um many hippies live out there they homeschool their kids like this is a dirt road literally a dirt road and so little house on the prairie like little house on the prairie but glasses clinking people laughing music playing it was joyous time at least there was a party going on and you go downstairs nothing. to see what's happening and nothing. Wow. Just the noise. No I don't know how they do that, but then we're like, okay. So, oh, you mentioned a clown. So, <laughs> no, I didn't mention it. No, <laughs> you wanted have, to hear about You'd have no problem if you forget. It. I want you to mention it. <laughs> so, so we would play you can outside. Leave that part out. No, if you yeah. can't. No, she cannot. <laughs> so, most of the time we played outside. We did not spend time in our bedroom. We never wanted <laughs> I don't to blame you. get anything get out, out of the out of side right. closets because the side closets had that energy. Like, as kids, we grew up with this understanding energy and good energy and bad energy and walking into the room. So, specific memory has happened more than once but the one that really sticks in my mind was I was downstairs and I needed something from the room a toy a doll something like that and I had run upstairs but as you get to the top you slow down and you kind of take an assessment of what's happening because you know the history of that place right there and you know you've got um how many steps to the toy how many steps back type of thing and you all did this yeah oh yes if you get my brothers on they've got other stories yeah um similar stories but their own experiences right and i was i ran to the toy and i went to pick it up and out from this closet Again, it's a half closet you crawl through. It's the corner where the eaves come down. Comes crawling out a clown. He's crawling. He is crawling out. It's It's a triangle kind of door. Like he's he's like 
picture him cry like a big. No, I don't want to picture him. <laughs> I was gonna say even my palms are sweating. I'm not afraid and of the damn thing. I'm things. standing there holding this, and he's not a happy clown. I would, he's, uh, he I would has, assume not. He has. He's not making jokes and trying to tickle you. <laughs> and it's not like he, this is his true form. He manifested himself, I'm sure, in lots of different forms. He's right. just decided for these children he's going to be this demon clown. Mm-hmm. Scar them for life. Right. He crawls and, out. And you. And he stands up. What seems like it takes him forever to get fully erect. And he's mm. like almost just not that kind <laughs> no, of erect. Right. That's a different. I, no. Explicit rating is on. It's fine. <laughs> it takes him forever to stand up completely. Okay. And now I am this little kindergarten aged child and I'm I'm looking up slowly at him and, and I've got my neck cranked all the way up and he starts walking towards me and then I run out of the room yeah. and run downstairs. Mom, it took you so long. I'm running out of the room cloud. a long time ago. Yeah, it's it happened like that. It didn't right. take this long. I'm run downstairs and there's a clown upstairs. Of course, my mom is like, "That's nice, honey." There isn't. <laughs> and then later, as an adult, sharing the story with my older siblings and them, like you had never shared it with them before that. Just not that I recall about okay. talking about. We talked about variety of things, like the bed shaking and stuff, even as kids. But mm-hmm. that particular one, it's like, did that really happen? So as an adult, it's even more interesting that it comes out. Yes. In and so I was like, I'm not sure. This, I have this distinct memory of this happening. And then my siblings were like, you saw the clown too. No. Years later. Years later. Um, so I was about 20 years old before I could sleep with the blankets off my ears and yeah. feet. Um, but that house burned down. It did. I was just like, going to ask you about yeah, the house now. Coincidentally? It, yeah, it, it, it you burnt had down. To do with it, it burnt down when I was in second grade, I believe. No kidding. Um, so I was still young. So you were still living in the house? Yes, we were living in the house. Oh, really? Yep. And it had a chimney fire. Um, and then my parents bought... Right. right. My parents bought... Um, a trailer, a trailer home, and put on the same property. And, so um, the spirits might still be there. Well, we all moved there, and we lived there, uh, put a couple trailers together, made it work. And um, But, take that back, the trailer my father bought and put on the property burnt down three months later. So that we, close to each other. Even. We had no. two house fires, um, yeah. But then, don't worry, he found another trailer. Oh. Then he got another. Tra- then he put a couple more trailers back by where the original house was built on. The clown never returned, but we continued to have experiences. There was um, a and little. And the fires weren't linked to this at all. I mean, I, what no, you, you I never I figured mean, out what caused those. Even if the ghosts did it, then they got away with it. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was nothing that you guys. Did. There was a really chimney fire and then electrical fire. Right. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. That close to each other. That close know. to each yeah. other. Wow, that's weird. yeah. Um, I'm Robert Fairman. I live in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I had this story happen to me about 10 years ago or so. Um, I was at the bedside of my father-in-law, and uh, my wife at the time and her family were at the bedside as well. He was passing away from emphysema, and at that time he was in a coma. He had days, if not hours, left to live. So um, I didn't know him all that well. I was kind of new to the family, and I was sitting next to his bedside, next to the door of the hospital room, and they decided that while he's in a coma, they haven't had lunch yet, they're going to go downstairs to the cafeteria, but they wanted somebody to stay with him. You know, I volunteered, so 
Um, I'm sitting there, and just he's in a coma, deep in a coma. The things that are you know monitoring him are, are beeping and toning, and so there's really nothing to do. So I'm just sitting there, and through the doorway, this kid walks in, and he's got that container that they used to have at like ballparks where they'd sell stuff out of they'd hawk you know, like peanuts and candy and you know. yeah they carry oh, it around their yeah and this kid comes in and he he raises a bag of peanuts and says get your peanuts get your peanuts like i'm at a ball game right. and i'm sitting there thinking is this some new hospital thing that they're like a weird ass hospital (laughs) right right and a bunch of brewers in the next room right and i'm I'm sitting there staring at this kid he walks in looks around says get your peanuts get your peanuts and i realize that he's not fully colored he's like black and white kind of and he has this this aura around him where it's like bad gci yeah it's All like right. he's sort of fuzzy on the outside edges like that aha video we just heard the song this morning yeah, yeah exactly take on me man. yeah take on me yeah. and he was like take on my peanuts <laughs> is he right? solid like if you yeah were... he was solid okay. turning pornographic yeah. all of a sudden That's well a... it well it gets there just wait <laughs> okay um, good no, no. we're leading it, something right right <laughs> keep that explicit rating on there <laughs> <laughs> so he says what he says and he turns around and he leaves the room and i'm like what the hell was that yeah so i'm just sitting there now i'm sort of just waiting right. for my wife to come back and the family and so she comes in now i want a ballpark dog you know like right yeah. i'm getting hungry now yeah, right so i <laughs> she sits down next to me and i i said to her all right this is the strangest thing that just happened and i tell her about the kid hawking to peanuts right and she looks at me like what right can i have what you're having Uh, right and i'm like i'm telling you it really happened so she's like okay she shrugs her shoulders and says fine what can you say so like an hour later um something happens that i have since learned is called terminal lucidity and that's when people who are dying usually in a coma Mm -hmm. wake up all right and they start talking to their family like everything's fine like they didn't know anything so he wakes up and he sits up, talks as if his breathing is fine, says hi to everybody, and is asking them how their days are going, and what are they doing for Christmas, and <laughs> he's coming home. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's coming home. He looks great. Oh, no. Color comes back to his cheeks, right. you know? Wow. I know. Um, and so, in the middle of the conversation, he goes, hey, where's that kid who was selling the peanuts? Oh. Really? Uh, and I turn to my wife and I go, <laughs> I told you. Oh, my God. And she looks at me like, what the hell? Yeah. And I'm like, that really happened. The guy in the coma and you saw it. That's right. So when he was, he was still in the coma, though, when that kid walked in, right? Right. He was laying there with his eyes closed. You the only one seeing it. Turns out the guy in the coma saw it, too. So I've since learned that's called a shared death experience. No kidding. So you researched all this after that happened, obviously. Well, no, I just happened to find it out later. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. uh, Raymond Moody actually just wrote a book about it. Okay. Um, he's the one who wrote what was it, Life After Life? Yeah. So it's about, a fairly new concept then. Yeah. He actually just coined that phrase. Okay. okay. And he says that's proof of life after death, okay. a shared death experience. When, when someone is dying, 
and you are able to experience their experiences of their dying because they're right near them at the time. for some reason you some people see it some people don't right i wonder if you would even have to be near them i mean couldn't but nobody else saw it nobody well i was nobody only else there was in the right. Room. right 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 yeah. and wow. would other people if they were in the room have seen this Maybe. kid as well? Maybe. Oh, so that was cool. even cooler that you volunteered. You probably scored some points, and now so, you get the story out of it, too. Yeah. Right. Wow. I'm just glad that I told my wife about it so that there could be some validation that... You could, yeah. Oh, oh no. no oh, yeah, later, yeah, I say. Right, yeah. yeah I totally. So, so were, is there any... To, um, is there any notion of who that kid might have been? Like, was it him? No. Like, was he a vendor? No, when he I was... think he was just reliving an experience when he was younger. Yeah, at a game. At the game. What a random thing, though. Yeah. Right. Well, they so, say, you know, you, you have the life review, right? And right. I, I don't, you, but a peanut I, boy at a Well, maybe, maybe you're, you're thinking of everything, and for what, whatever reason, that meant. Brought joy to him or something. Wow. I guess. Right. So, that's fascinating. Amazing. Yeah, I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, that was so. How in, in in that shared death experience does Moody talk about why it would be you? Was it just because you were the one there? I think it was because I was the one that was so, there. Okay. So anybody else might have been in that same situation. I'm not sure to be honest with you. Maybe that's you fascinating see things they wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think of all of us being all of us as being radio receivers. Yeah, we're capable. Whether right, we're tuned in. Some or not. some of us correct. Some right. of us tune our radio higher. Right. And it's just something that is, if we practice at it, if we right. keep tuning that radio higher and higher, we'll get radio signals that most people don't get. Some people are real in tune because they practice it, basically. Correct. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah, that's that's a cool story, man. That's fascinating. Well, thank yeah. you. So do you want to talk about, you, you had a correction of, of ours that we made in Peshtigo. What you have, what is your affiliation with Champion, or the, the, the shrine there in, well, in Champion? I've been there I've sort of experienced the um, divinity that okay. I think is there. Yeah. And it's I think it's a rather holy place. Yeah. Sure. Whether you believe in the stories behind it or not, whether you're Catholic or any sort of denomination, I think if you go there, you're going to feel something. Spiritual or not. Correct. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think you'll feel something. You might not recognize it for what. Um, they claim it to be, whether right. it's a Marian apparition or not. To some degree, you're going to see what you want to see, but you're going to oh, see something. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. But um, even if, I think that even if you're not looking for something, you're going to feel you're something You're going to feel there. it, yeah. Really? In that basement grotto, if you're standing there, and um, what is it called when enough people create a story behind something that, it sort of manifests itself. Right. I'm not sure if that's the case there or whether it truly is right. that's a, good point, a holy though. place. Right. But um, We definitely got to go there. Man. Well, we have the event, right? I mean, we have the fire where right. everything right. is burned up around right. it. So the correct. Except for that, right? right? I mean, that in right. itself is a miracle. Right. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but on your former podcast about the place, um, you had mentioned that it was sanctioned by the Catholic Church. Yes. And it's actually sanctioned by the local bishop. Okay. Okay. So um, the local bishop says this is a true Marian apparition, but the Vatican does not. So right. that's, and, and I remember when doing the research there, I was thinking, when when would the Vatican like send somebody here? Or do they even do right. that now? Like if they do. They, do. they do. They actually do. Okay. There, was, there was a Marian apparition in Chicago in the 80s um, that was getting some pretty good press. And I remember going out there and seeing 
two priests who looked like they were the men in black. Yeah. <laughs> they had sunglasses on. They were video recording it, audio recording it, and yeah. they're just standing there. And I walked up to him and I said, uh, hey, guys, uh, what are you doing? And they basically said, uh, get away, kid. You're bothering us. <laughs> yeah. um, I hear that still a lot. So. <laughs> right. I still hear that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get away, old man. You're bothering <laughs> us. Um, so, yeah, they send people out. Okay. And I'm sure they probably did send some people out to champion. So the size of the town doesn't even matter. If no, if it's no, a real, it's, no, it's a realistic it's a, thing. If they, if they think there's validity well, to it, yeah, I would imagine. That and I can understand it, why you would think that it was... Uh, sanctioned by the Vatican, because that's what the the only press that you can see says that's the case. Right. But well, uh, we appreciate the correction. Yeah. No, oh, definitely. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always want to let you guys know when you're wrong. Okay, go ahead. Why don't you tell us your name and where well, you're from? Well, my name's Pat Haberman, and I'm from Minnesota. I'm at the Glenn Beulah School here doing a podcast with Badger Bazaar. Yeah, right. And uh, I visited Ed Gein's property and grave site. In Plainfield, Wisconsin. Plainfield, right? Wisconsin. I uh, was coming back from the Michigan Paracon in uh, 2019 and decided to swing through, back through Plainfield on my way back home to Minnesota. And uh, as I I went there and I found the sign, you know, the Plainfield sign. So then I went from there to find his property, the cemetery. First I went to the Plainfield Cemetery. I had read Chad Lewis, yeah. you know, his book, The Road Guide to Wisconsin. I have that in my bag yep. right over there. Yeah. And I, you know, went by that and was reading up. And I was looking up different things on Ed Gein's victims and, and Bernice Warden was, mm-hmm. you know, in there. Now, I had never been to this cemetery in my entire life. I had my digital voice recorder, so that's why I went there to, well, for one, to see the gold there. Just to see it, right. Yep, and then do EVPs. Right. In the cemetery. In the cemetery. It's kind of interesting because Bernice is buried like 100 feet from him. And I can actually play you that. It's in my truck. I can get you that recording. So I got out of the truck, and I'm walking across the graveyard, and I'm asking, you know, where is Ed Gein, you know, talking into my recorder. I walk across the graveyard, never been to that cemetery at all. Mm-hmm. The first gravestone I come up to is Bernice Warden's. Oh. Just by chance. Just by chance. No I walked kidding. all the way across there and just found it. That's crazy. And I walked up there. I did an EVP session there, and I said, you know, did you know Ed? Because I knew that she knew him from the store. Right. And I was asking, like, questions like, did Ed Gein... Do you forgive Ed Gein for what he did to you because of, um, you know, he was, like, diagnosed as crazy and right, all that? You right. know, can you, are you, free? I never got any, any, uh, any audio from her. Okay. So I'm walking around, and I'm asking Ed Gein, where is Ed Gein's grave? In about three minutes and 32 seconds or whatever it was, after asking, where is Ed Gein? Is Ed Gein's grave here? Clearly as a bell on my digital voice recorder, a voice came across and said, I am the demon. You think it was him? You think he was talking to you? And it goes, I am the demon. And I caught that. And I can play that for you. Yeah. It's that clear, though, you think? Yep. It was clear as a bell. I'm looking for Ed Dean. Trying to find it. I am the demon. But I didn't hear that until I left the sure. cemetery. Often that's the case, right? 
you know, and I'm walking around and doing this and that, and I found finally found his gravestone or grave site stone that's missing. Right. As I'm doing this recordings on my digital voice recorder, this is on that whole recording. You could hear, it was like, I don't know if something was reading my mind or whatever, but I would say something. I would say something out of my own mouth, like, where's Ed Gein's grave? And the voice, a voice was coming across, Ed Gein's grave. It would say it before I would say it. So when like it was reading your thoughts, yeah. it's, it's more telepathy, right? That's right. it's actually pretty common. And MVPs, yeah. um, I got done. I, w- I stayed at the cemetery for about an hour, half hour, forty five minutes, whatever it was. What like carousing through the cemetery, or just staying at his grave, or what? Walking what? through the whole graveyard okay. and trying to find other victims and yeah. seeing whatever. And EVPs at his mom and dad's grave and right. his brothers on the other end. Just trying to get whatever you could. And so then I left and tried to find his property. And I'm going, driving around, you know, and in the book, it's like his his address is like on Archer Avenue. Mm-hmm. On we had a hard time with it's, it, It's too. a little outside of town, right? right. We couldn't about find two, it three right miles away. Out. And I right. did not find, and I seen these two girls walking their dogs. And I said, do you know where Archer Avenue is? The town is trying to forget about it. Yeah. Right. right. So you don't bring it up. No. And stuff. It. Right. And so that's, I didn't want to say, you know, I'm looking for Ed Gein. Yeah. And I drove around, I couldn't find it. Come back around again, see those two girls, and I go, I, where is that again? And she goes, well, are you trying to find the interstate? And I go, no. I go, what I'm trying to find is Ed Gein's pr- property. But I didn't want to say it because a lot of times people, people are... respond negatively, they, right? Yeah. Right. She goes, oh, I don't care. He died before we were born. Oh, so she wasn't offended. She, she didn't okay. care at all. She kept right. trying to tell me. And I, I ended up seeing these two girls walking these dogs for about four times. I, As <laughs> I'm in my truck, you know, I got my recorder still going and I'm talking mm-hmm. I'm talking to myself and I go, I'm trying to find Ed Gein's property. And the voice is like, I had to have been close because the voice kept coming across saying... Archer Avenue, Archer <laughs> Avenue, after I played it back. And then I must have been right there because it would say, close, close. No way, really? Like it was literally but you don't hear. So you're I couldn't not hear until I yeah. played all this oh, back yeah. after I left. That's even creepier. And you then as reality. I get to the window, okay, he wants I, you I can there. play this. Yeah, stuff. like he wants you to go there. I find Ed Gein's grave. Or not Ed Gein's grave, then Ed Gein's off. And I see those two girls again. I'm trying to find it. I'm driving up to her. Now they think you're stalking them. Well, yeah. Right. And I was like talking to them. I said, before I got there and stopped the truck and rolled the window down to ask them, the voice said, am I close? I rolled down the window. Like you knew what was you going to ask. Yeah, was I going to ask? I rolled down my window, and those two girls were going, I go, am I close? 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 Is it that way? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like. You had no idea that was, it was saying no, that before yeah, you. Oh, my God. And so I drove around, and I, I think I seen where it was property-wise, you know, because there's nothing out there. There's not it's much there. It's just a gate, yeah, and then yeah. Like some... And I think I found it, but after that I had to leave and, you know, hightail it back home to Minnesota. And that was... Oh, really? But that was, like, 
And, and at the same time, I think, you know, because I think I might have had an attachment because when I came home, I had a pounding headache for mm-hmm. like three solid days straight. I couldn't get, even in when I was sleeping, you really? know, usually a, you, when you go to sleep, a yeah, lot of times your headaches it. will go, you know, subside or whatever. Right. And then you get up and they take off again. I couldn't get rid of that headache. I was taking Tylenol and Advil. It was nonstop, too. Yep. For, for three like days. Three, three wow, days. Oh, damn. And, yeah. um, he was riding in the truck with you. Yeah, yeah right. And I told. Sitting I, on your head. I, te- I, I texted a couple of people I know. You know, I told them I went to Ed Gein's grave. And when I came home, I just got this pounding headache. And I said, I got this EVP. When I asked, where's Ed Gein's grave? And it said, I am the demon. And I go, do you think that was Ed Gein or do you think that was a demon? And both of them said they think it was a demon that was trying to trick me uh-huh. and to be very careful. Yeah. And it took me three to days, do. three and a half days about to get rid of this headache that I had. I was like, and that's the only time I've ever had anything where I felt like something came home with me. Right. Because when i getting into the truck and whenever I leave all these different places that I go, you know, I do my, I'm here, when I get there, I'm here in peace and I'm leaving in peace, you know, and then when I get in my truck, I go, if there's anything in here, please leave, please right. leave, you right. know, stay here. I don't, you're not allowed to ride around with that's me. That's what or, you're supposed to <laughs> say, you know, right. And that's yeah. what I did. But so the, the headache just went away on its own kind of? More or less after like three days. Wow, that's a long time. But I've never had, you know, and I don't get migraines. I don't. You've never had it before or since? Well, not, no, I've not had headaches. Long. Right, no, I've had, that. but not like pounding headaches where you just can't, you know, you stand up and your head's just like. Right. Yeah, I've <laughs> had self-induced headaches, but that's hangovers more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Did you go to the um, the hardware store where he killed? I drove by there. Yeah. Um, I didn't go in there. And you can't the, and go in and it's closed, but you okay. could like go in the, like in the parking lot or something. So it's like the town's trying to forget it. So I'm not gonna drive into town and ask, you know, somebody right. in town like, because there's like probably relation from different victims or sure. you know they all know about it somehow. You know, it's well, like it's, they're tired of people coming in. Right, just it's what their it's what their town is known for, right. and who and wants to be want, known for that? You know, I mean, like they want. Like you said, young people may have forgotten. Over, you know, they don't yeah. care, but. Everybody else, like, yeah, we have other things going on, so. Yeah. But that's that's my. No, that's awesome. What I, I I wonder what would happen if you would have stayed at his property a little longer and just I sat there with a recorder. What time at night was it? I got there probably about, I'm saying three or four o'clock. And and if you know where Ed's his grave is, because there's an indentation. Right. Where I I've I've taken stuff from uh, Civil War battlefields, rocks and right. different sure. things, and yeah. Gettysburg and, and Gettysburg and. Like, I, I'll ask here or, you know, different places. I get a brick or something. Sure. But stuff. I did not about. take anything from Ed Gein's. Well, and, and you can see where the divot is. There, like, people are taking dirt. Yeah. You right. know, you can see, like, right. a little a little divot of we dirt that about people that. are We're taking. Like, we're yeah, not taking not, anything. I never took anything. Right, we didn't want to leave. Well, <laughs> I just think of what, what, so something was there. Right, I mean, something. I am the demon, yeah. and they want you to go to Archer. You know, they're trying to. No, we didn't know even it hear that. We didn't take so, anything. I can't ha- taking something from that? Hell yeah, no. Right, you take it home with you. Like I you do said. have. I, well, actually, I got two more stories. But yeah, go ahead. I got please. another one. Two years ago, I went to the Midwestern Fair in Marshalltown, Iowa. There's the Riverside Cemetery okay. in Marshalltown, Iowa. And there's the cursed chair there. There used to be two. One's gone now, wherever it went. And nobody knows where they were, pla- how they got there, or who placed them there, or what they were there for, or whatever. 
But the legend, urban legend thing is if you sit in this chair within like a year's time, you'll either have bad luck or be dead. This is at a cemetery? At the cemetery. So, like it Riverside is a, Cemetery, is it a is it's called. concrete chair or is it's it? It's a cement. Cement Made chair. out of cement. Gotcha. Cement. So and somebody going. took the other right, one. Right, it's not going anywhere, and yet somebody took it. Somebody Maybe. must have took it or, or stole it or it wow, just okay. crumbled away or right. who put them there or whatever. Yeah. So I so I went there, and there was a group of us that went there. We were all driving all over this graveyard trying to find this chair. Finally, sure. they found it, yelled at me, came over. I said, I'm sitting in it. And I was wearing... Um, <laughs> Good for Not me. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I was wearing my Conjuring House T-shirt okay. that I had. And on the back... It says, I survived the night. I'm the only one that sat in this chair. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll all these people that right, were right. Nobody else had the guts. Right. I said, I'll do it. I ain't scared of this thing. <laughs> you know, so I sit in this chair. So, so is this before or after you had attachment from Gein? This was after. This oh, and was you after. still did it. You right. still sat in the chair. Yeah. Okay. I sat in the chair. You know, nothing happened or whatever. And I was like, I left. And two months later, I went deer hunting in Minnesota. You know, the first week of November is deer hunting there. Right. And I got a doe. I shot a doe, and I had it strung up into the tree. So I tied the deer up into the tree, and I had it hanging there, you know, and I got my deer. And after a few days or whatever, I'm going to, you know, let it hang for a few days in the cold, and I'm going to cut it up. So I get up there, and I done half the deer. I, I, I split it down the middle, took half the hide off, left half of it on, and got done with the deer and had that all cut up right, and everything. It takes a while, and I thought right. it was gonna do. I was gonna do the other half the, the next, next morning because it was getting dark out. Right. And I had worked till ten. We're supposed to work. It was a Saturday, and I was supposed to work till like three o'clock. But it was slow, so they let everybody go at ten thirty. So I thought, well, I was gonna do the deer now. Finish it up, right? So I get home, and I was wearing thermal underwear, um, two uh, sweatshirts, a hoodie. I had my other, like one of them, you know, them flannel hoodie coats, right. and then my hunter orange coat. So I had like probably that six You're inches. bundled You're, up. Yeah. I like because it was like ten degrees outside. Right, right. Ten, fifteen degrees outside. It was cold. Right. I had finished the other half of the deer, and I was I wanted to make sure that other half was still secure because I had outside cats and I didn't want it to fall on the ground and raccoons or something right. going there and Anything, right. eating on it. Yeah. You know, my cats are having a heyday eating the deer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided I'm going to make sure that it's still tethered up real good up there. So I have one of those uh, 16-foot ladders that you can click, you know, and make into shapes. Oh, yeah. So I decided, okay, well, I'll just make sure it's up. So I laid half the ladder down on the ground, and then I had it going up like that. So it was like that high off the ground. You know, it was just like a this frame, way, right. A-frame, and then yep. the other part was sticking out like that. Right. And then there was two rungs there. So I was only up about that high off the ground. I thought, I'm going to climb up onto this, stand on them two things, because then I could reach the legs and make sure that the ropes were tied so this deer didn't slide down. Right. I get up there, and I'm flipping the thing around. The ladder starts wobbling. And I'm hanging onto a fillet knife that I had used oh, to uh, cut the, <laughs> the hide and stuff. So the ladder, I, I lost my balance, and the ladder fell onto its side. I threw that knife. Yeah, good. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> I threw the knife. Well, the well, ladder came down. he's still with us. He's not a ghost. I'm sure of it. Okay. The ladder came down, landed on its side, so it's sideways, you know, on the ground. I came down right here and hit that, and I just heard a bone crack uh. 
and hitting the ladder. Hitting that ladder. Oh, you know, and on the bottom of the ladder, you know, the ladder is about that wide. Right. Well, on the bottom of the ladder, it had two extended pieces mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So the ladder is, you know, however wide the ladder is, like 18 inches or however wide plus that X. Right. So it was like up that high. So I came down, crack, and I hit Square that thing. I just, it sounded just like a dry stick out in the yard, and I, you know, Ugh. snap. Uh, a rib? I, I, huh? A rib? What? A rib. But, yeah. Usually when I'm outside or you're doing something outside, neighbors are out or watching you. Or right. you can, nobody heard of me Of course, scream. nobody's around now, yeah. So I'm laying on cockeyed on this ladder, halfway on the ladder. My body's up here, and I was in so much pain. I This part i oblivious to if, how I did it. If I kicked off with my leg or pushed off with my arm, but I... And then I fell again that distance from the ladder now to the ground. Okay. And I hit it. And that's when I felt like the lung collapsed or whatever. Like you pierced it or something. Oh, whatever. Yeah. And I'm laying. I rolled onto my back and I'm just laying there. And I thought, I got to get up because my ass is getting cold. Right. <laughs> right. I got up and finally, you know, I ended up, make a long story or short, that I went to the doctor, mm-hmm. and I ended up breaking four ribs, mm-hmm. ribs five, six, seven, and eight. And here I sat. I'm like, was that coincidence that I sat in that yeah. chair? Or yeah. was this something? Because right. I sat in that, because that's a cursed chair. And, said, I, and I've yeah. never, ever broke a bone in my life. I've never had, you know, major... I've never been in the hospital. I've never been, you know, anything. And you weren't even that high off the ground, and you did that much damage. And I broke four ribs. That is, yeah. Five, six, I broke five, six, seven, and eight. And you didn't even stab yourself. It didn't had nothing to do with the knife. It was like, a freaking ladder. And if I would have, like, fell, you know, let's say I would have fell two feet back. It would have probably hit my neck, and I would have snapped my neck or something. Right. So how long after Man. you sat in that chair did this happen? I went to Ed Gein's grave in like September of that year. And November 20th, oh. I think, is when I had that accident. Okay. So it was like two months later. The legend is that if you sit in that chair, you'll either be dead or bad within luck a year. within a year. And it was. All right, so obviously Ed Gein is a, a extremely popular uh, subject in true crime, not only with Wisconsin, but obviously nationwide. Gets a lot of investigations at the sites, at the graveyard, at his former property, at the uh, the former hardware store of where one of the murders took place. Um, so, and obviously, you know, we, he, he, we played the EVPs that he gave us. Um, we weren't there, obviously. We can't vouch for the validity of them. But, you know, this is what people say they get. You know, there's, there's EVPs um, about Ed Gein. It's not the first time I've heard him refer to himself as a demon. And to his um, credit, to this guy's credit, he, he was there by himself. So, I mean, he's doing this research. He's finding these places. So he doesn't have a lot of cooks in the kitchen and people having, you know, possibly screwing up whatever he's doing and stuff. He's all by himself. So that's... A lot of times that's the best way to do it. Right. When you're out somewhere and, and, and by some yourself. bravery to go along with Right. It. You know, we, we've seen a lot of the Ed Gein sites, but Neither one of us went by ourselves. No. <laughs> you were holding then, hands. Uh, yeah, pretty much. When I started crying, Scott would hold me. It was <laughs> no. touching. So kudos to him, and, and he's done a lot of investigating in his time. He All over the country. crosses the country. Right. And, uh, by himself, so that's pretty, pretty Really amazing. cool stuff. So right. good on him. Hi, my name is Lee. And I'm here at the Great Lakes Paranormal Conference. 
uh, talking to Badger Bazaar, yep. I would love to tell you my story. And this is a true story. <laughs> Good. We hope nobody's lying to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, I lost my sister. I'm sorry. Um, this was well, a while ago, but um, at the time, I lived in Warner Robins, Georgia. Oh, okay. My parents lived down there, and so did my sister. And... Um, we're from Wisconsin, so we would always come back to Wisconsin and visit. And my sister loved going to the Renaissance Fair. Oh. So when she passed, we were in the funeral home putting together the memory boards with the pictures and stuff. And mm-hmm. it was a funeral home that could hold two funerals at one time. And the family from the other side was in there doing their memory boards, too. And, you know, we're, everybody's laughing, joking, talking about memories and stuff. Right. And the people from the other family come over by us, and they look at our table, and they said, oh, you guys have one of our pictures. And we're like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, we go around stealing pictures of yeah, other people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, that's that's our brother. That's Uncle Joe or Uncle Bob or whoever A he photo was. in your story, in your memory board. In our, right. It, okay. So what it was, it was a picture of my sister at the Wisconsin Renaissance Fair with some random guy that she took a picture with at the Wisconsin Renaissance Fair. Well, the random guy that she took the picture with was the other deceased person person down in Georgia having his funeral at the what same time. Oh, my God. Yeah, her, her version's way better than mine was. Yeah, and we're like, because we're like, what are you talking? We have one of your pictures. And they're like, yeah, that's uh, whatever. I, I don't even remember right. the man's name. But it was my sister and him from in the at the Wisconsin Renaissance Fair. Having a funeral to, the same day. The same day in Georgia. Right, not even in Wisconsin. Not even Wisconsin. What are the odds? That so is why crazy. was he in Wisconsin? He, he was working the Renaissance Fair. I he don't just know came he, to the Renaissance I think he did work Renaissance Fair. Okay. okay. So maybe he was so, just So, and, you know, he was dressed up real nice, and my sister thought he was cool, apparently. Right, and just wanted a picture with a guy oh, dressed wow. Just so everybody could have goosebumps at her funeral. Well, I think you just, you just gave everybody goosebumps now. That is amazing. <laughs> she was an amazing person, yeah. and just goes to show you there's... She's still having an effect on your life even after death. Yes. Of course. That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing well, that. that is well, you are very welcome. You tell it way better story. than I did. <laughs> now, there are coincidences in this world, obviously. Yeah, it's a small world after all, but yeah, that goes above and that, beyond. That's pretty, I mean. I still can't wrap my head around it. Two random strangers take a picture and they end up in the same funeral home on the same day. It's insane. The odds of that probability are we're not you know, smart enough to figure I, out the I, odds. I just how do you not hear that and think that some somebody some Something's some power got somewhere of what's going on has to be orchestrating this stuff. Right. I mean, and they the have changes. a hell of a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. It's it's beyond probability that these two People had a, had a funeral at the same time. Two two there's, really there's random just, moments right. in time, and like you say, someone's got to be pulling a trigger on this stuff, or or their energy just has some control over it. Certainly seems that way. All right, uh, my name is Sherry Meyer. I am the co-owner of Reiki Magic, and I'm from Duluth, Minnesota. What do you sell specifically? So 
there's the witchy side and there's the positive energy side. So we have these things that are called organites. Okay. And organites are very similar to uh, Himalayan salt lamps that bring positive energy into the room. And we have different shapes and sizes, um, but our biggest seller is our mugs. Um, we have dice mugs that roll, and then we have um, medallion mugs in there, but those are also organized. So you could have positive drinking no matter what you're uh, drinking. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes drinking isn't positive. We might be talking about different drinking. <laughs> I was always trying to, to uh, say, you know, try our mugs, let me know how it goes. Let's see if you have a hangover, because maybe they right. cure hangovers. Right. But we don't know. We don't have enough scientific will, background. Will places it. allow you to bring those along, like a, right. like a pub crawl I'm trying to prevent of? the hangover here. <laughs> They'll be good in a bar fight. They're that happy. Oh, that's oh yeah. there you go. Multiple <laughs> purposes. They, yes. So now you have an interesting story yourself, though, about specifically about where you live. So, yeah. So um, I always call it the ghost hotel, which is really not a ghost. It's not a hotel. It's actually yeah. my property. <laughs> you live there. Right. Yeah, I live I live there. And um And you don't want other people to stay there, no, right? We can't right. check it's in. It's not a hotel. It's, it's not, not a hotel. You can't check it. You're well, not you can welcome. check in. Oh, but, you can uh, never leave. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um I do have guest rooms for family oh, and friends okay. that come oh, that's and stuff cool. things right, like that. Right. Um people you want to show up. People that I want to show up. <laughs> right. We do share our property, it's good. Oh. But I um I've lived up there for well, since 1998. So I've been up in Duluth area. I fell in love with it a long time. I've heard that's beautiful. And, I mean, I've been um, there. It's a beautiful area, yeah. Well, Lake Superior is my backyard. Right. So oh, I live awesome. along Very the nice. North Shore between Duluth and, and Two Harbors. And um, I also belong to this um, pagan group that was in Duluth. You really? Get to meet that's other, interesting. Yeah. So you get to, well, that's how you get to meet other people that are like-minded and stuff right. Right. like that. And that's how I met my friend There's so Matt. much history behind that group too, right? So, um, awesome. so Matt was out one night and said to me, you know, you have ghosts here. I go. Just randomly said Just randomly. I go, yeah, I know because I see all the flashes and things that was going on. But he was the first one that told me that I had a portal. And I went, what? What do you mean I have a portal? You hadn't even thought of that yet then. Mm-mm. Okay. No, because I wasn't really paying attention. Right. I wasn't. You're I not going to see it if you're not, not looking gonna, for no, it. No, right. not going to see it, not going to look not for it. Not necessarily anyway, right. And um, I said, okay. And then my sister, probably about a month later, came back and said, you know you have a portal right here. It's in my living room. So you have your portal. It's right here. It's oh in your living God. room? It's in my living room. Oh, I misunderstood that when you told us off mic. No, it's, it's in my living room. Wow. So I thought it was in your backyard. So did or something, I. Right? It's in my okay. Room. Okay. No it's in my living room. She's wow. right in front of my altar. All right. right in the living oh room. So, um, so yeah. So we've had I've had different things happen. Um, like you lost a piano once or something. No. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad. No. So I scared the bejeebies out of my brother once. Okay, yeah. tell us. Well, because they make noises, right? So you know, there's noises that can come through, and so. Sure. On my living room, I have a fireplace over here, and over by the fireplace, we heard this knocking on the wall. I'm like, oh, it's just the house settling. Well, then they come around, and we have two big bay windows, or two big windows that look out to the lake. We were knocking between those two windows. And then we come around, and we have this sliding glass door with a patio that's there. Literally, we both heard somebody walk up onto the patio and so, and my brother's six three and much stronger than I am. But he's gonna scare anything away. That yeah, he be no there. no yeah, no. He sat frozen on the couch. <laughs> I got up. I got up. Opened the curtain, ready to start screaming at somebody who was on my deck, and there was nobody there. Oh, wow. And he was frozen in fear. He was. And well, you're not. You don't see that every day or hear and that. And so, every day. 
I went, okay, who's here? What's going on? It turned out to be um, my dad and my grandfather. They were there for messages for my brother. They communicated with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we did that. Because um, he, your brother was there, they showed yeah, up. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. that's why, because my brother was there. He was there and he needed help and stuff like that, so oh. they had messages for him. So, oh, yeah. so when, you say, when you say there's a portal, what exactly for the masses do you mean by that? So it's like, it's a doorway. Right. It's a doorway for um, spirits to come through. It's like a doorway inter- to pass Interdimensional? Through. Mm-hmm. That's and amazing. so, um, and how it's been explained to me, the portal that I have, because my house is so well protected um, with witches' balls and bosoms over the door and sage and, sage all, and all that sort of stuff. This door is there, and I think it's been there for a long time, but it's for those souls that don't know that they're dead. They have no oh. idea that they're dead. And my So they're trying to transition from this life to, to Yeah, they're trying to the transition other side. if that's what they want to do, but they don't know that they're dead. Okay. It's along and, the lines of Beetlejuice. I know that sounds campy to say <laughs> okay. that, but right, right. a lot of those they didn't know where they, they didn't were. Know dead, right. right. Yeah. And then you know they didn't see their reflection in the mirror and stuff like that. Right. So they don't they don't know that they're dead. Right. And then a friend of mine who's very, very psychic also came up and she said she'd gotten up in the middle of the night and there was all of these people in my hallway and they're just all staring like over to where my office is and she said and so she made a noise and they all turned and looked at her i just got the willies I, they all turned and looked at her and goes they go can, you can see us we need to talk to you and so a she group got, of them a group of them it's a and, little intimidating um, little intimidating <laughs> So she said, we need to have a house cleansing, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, I'll take care of it. It'll be yeah. fine. You didn't maybe want to get rid of them? Um, no, I think it's my job to help take care of them. Right. And I'm not always there. So um, I have a sacred space that's over in my office. And that's where I do a lot of my spiritual work and things like that. So I went over there and I, um, I said, okay, who's here? So this guy comes forward. I said, hey, what's your name? He's, at first he tells me it's Robert. I said, okay, Robert. And he goes, he's kind of confused. I don't know, the, remember the exact conversation, but he's confused. And I said, you know you're dead, right? He goes, what do you mean I'm dead? And I go. He didn't even know. He uh, didn't know. I and mean, I like, said, not even thought of it. Didn't even thought about it. And I said. That's crazy. And then he goes, oh. And he goes, well, my real name's Daryl. Whoa. And I went, okay. I said. So you're lying to me. Yeah. I said, so Daryl. And I said, I said, Daryl, what? I don't understand what you were doing. So what I picked up from one was he was, he was a thief. Oh. And so, but he wasn't, he wasn't that big, massive jewel thief type thing. He yeah. was, he was well petty, off. Petty he was a little, but he went into people's homes and stole little things, you like know, just. Keepsakes or souvenirs. Yes. Keepsakes, souvenirs, that sort of thing. Never in his wildest dreams would he thought that he would have been shot by an owner of the house. Sure. And that's how he died. Yeah. So he didn't know he was dead. Be- so when you... That's weird. Are okay. you seeing him? Like, how are you seeing I, him? Um, I don't see them physically. Okay. I see them in, mentally okay. in my head. Yeah. Um, I've only seen one ghost physically that scared the bejeebies out, out of me, and I'll explain that one later. Um, but Daryl and I had a really long talk, and he is now... 
one of my guides that stay at the house, and sure. he's the one that helps transition people over with me. So he chose to stay because he, he could have chosen he to chose, leave, right? He chose to stay, and he chose to help people transition. Truthfully, just not, not with another name or alias. Not or truthfully. Right. So I was telling You're not Robert. No, he's going he's gonna to hurt me. Because <laughs> um, I always think of Daryl, and this is my brother Daryl. So do I. I it's the first thing I thought of from <laughs> Newhart. Yeah. I think that's the reason why he didn't want to tell me his name sure. at first because of that. Oh, I get it then. But yeah, um, right. now I have, and I haven't worked on him yet, but I have a little a little boy and a little girl that's there okay. that needs to pass over, and they don't know that they're dead, and they don't know where their parents are. And when I was sing, sitting down and thinking about it and stuff, Daryl can't help them because they're afraid of him. He's a stranger. Why would why would they right. go to a stranger? Especially as a man, a stranger grown man. Danger, right? yeah. So right. when I get home, I have some work to do. So, oh, really? so how okay. long, I guess, in our time, because time is probably not the same for them as it is for us, was Daryl dead and he didn't know it? Do you does he did he tell you that? Do you know that? It's I don't know that. Time's not a thing, okay. right? No, I mean, you know time's man-made, right? Right. Yes. Right. That's of why. Course. That's why. I, no, I, I don't know. Yeah. I w- but uh, what I want to say. So how I age people yeah. is by their clothes because I can kind of see their clothes. Right. Okay. And so I would have to say oh, he sure. was from an era like 70s 80s okay, yeah. okay. from that time yeah. so not that long ago Mm-mm. so would, would you say the majority of these people are people who have passed suddenly people who haven't been sick for a long time right because these are not people who have been sick for a long time yeah. these are people that um probably younger people that's why they don't know they're I dead most they don't know that they're dead yeah. like or they because it was a sudden death it was suddenly and things like that which is kind of funny because we all have soul contracts and we you know but because of our free will and things like that. So things happen. Things sure. happen in a different timeline. So no, I don't think they really realize that they're dead. Um, we also had, she was so cute. Um, so we have this granite piece that we got, beautiful granite piece of all the big ore ships that come into Duluth. And then there's little um, PT boats and stuff that's on there because Duluth used to be a ship. Right, right. Building We've up talked there. about that a little bit. And so... Um, <clears throat> My friend Matt was spending the night over there, and he had his dogs in our garage. And there's this blonde that lived in the granite. <clears throat> and she used to come out and turn the crate around. So in the morning, you know, the crate would be like this. At night in the morning, the crate would be turned mm-hmm. this way. Every morning. Yeah, she's kind of mean. <laughs> Just so, messing with you. Uh, kind of mean. So <laughs> I... She was angry, very angry. So I finally sat down and I said, okay, we need to talk because I can't have you living in my garage and messing with my friend's dog. This this is not acceptable. I said, so you have a choice. You have a choice of talking to me or I will make you permanently stay in that granite. And uh, she came out and she talked to me and she was angry. She understood that you had that capability. Yeah, so she was so angry, but she was so young. And she was so beautiful. I know some people like that now. And um, <laughs> so the boat that we have a picture of, because those boats could have passengers on them, okay. she went down with that boat. Oh, yeah. She was only like 20. Oh. Mm-hmm. Whole life ahead of her. And she was a spoiled rich girl. Mm-hmm. So she and, might have been angry before death even. Well, but she was, she was angry because she wanted her life back. Right. She was angry because she wanted to be have that... She had a lot in front of her. She had a lot in front of her, so she was angry, and she just wanted to go back. And I'd go, I'm sorry, hon, but there's no way you can go back. I like you can be reincarnated. You you have to pick and choose what you want to do. Do you want to stay living in that granite and being angry for 
eternity. Torturing people isn't going to bring it yeah, all back. Torturing is not going to back. So right. she, we had a really nice long talk. It was very nice. She was and, able to um, get all this stuff off her chest a little bit. She did, and uh, she decided to uh, go over, cross over, oh, and mm-hmm. from um, one conversation with you, that's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Well, you know, it's a long conversation. Right. I mean, this wasn't just like an hour. This right. was like a couple hours sitting in my room. And they're opening up and, and thoughts are occurring to them that maybe didn't before. And um, she did come back at one time and say goodbye to Matt. Oh. Apologize. And then she's gone. She's not there anymore. Just just to make amends. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's amazing. Well, look, there goes my goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you, you mentioned reincarnation, and I was going to ask you about reincarnation. That's so what what is your... What is your take on reincarnation? So if these if, if they're coming to you and they're trying to get over or they don't know they're dead, you be, you you do believe in reincarnation or or do you not? So I guess my question is why how do how do I say this? Can they go be into another body or how do I okay, how does, so maybe all possibilities exist? There, there are all possibilities. Have okay. you ever read the book uh, Seth Speaks by Jane Roberts? I have not. He, oh, no. so You'll have to read the book. Okay. And he talks about all the different dimensions and stuff that are out there. And everything that I kind of believe in kind of stems from that book okay. because I just thought there was something more. And because um, time was man-made, we kind of, sure. which is really kind of, it, it's hard to wrap your head around, but really all the timelines are all together. So it's the 1800s, the 1900s, right. 2000s. With the whole multiverse the, things, the, the, the concept The 3000s, now, you know, yeah. People are starting mm-hmm. to understand that a little more, right? And so um, kind of thing. with with reading Seth and what I believe, yes, I believe in reincarnation. Okay. Um, but I also believe that once you, when you die, the first thing that you're going to see is whatever you believe in. Okay, so sure. what, whatever your belief is, whatever, who you think you're going to see, all of that, that's who you're going to see Because that's what you want to see, right? Because that's what you want to see. Right. But then after that, you're going to start realizing there's more to it. And then here's where you get the choice. Opening your mind a little more. So you can, um, do, you go through a reflection of your life. And I'm not talking about all the bad things. I mean, there you go through a whole reflection of all the good things and everything that happened in the your life. The life review. Right. And yeah. then... You have a deter- You have a choice to make. Do you want to just stay in um, third dimension, fourth dimension, or whatever it is? Sure. Do you want to just stay there for a while, or are you ready to go back? Do you want to go back? And when you want to go back to Earth, what do you want to do? So it's totally up to you right. on what you want to do. That makes sense. That that's how you explain everything being a possibility. So when when you if you choose to go back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Wh- can you I, choose and, what you want to be, right? And I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not thinking that you know the answer to this. I don't know. I want to be a chair. Can I you? Mean, can you? Can you choose your parents? Can you choose where you go? Okay, so, you, and do you go back as a human entity or not? Okay, so Shirley MacLaine is another person you need to read. Yeah, right. I'm familiar and with her. Very, right. very familiar with her. Right. And so, um, and things that I've learned, things like that. We all have what's called soul contracts, and our soul contract is. What lessons do we want to learn in the next lifetime? Do we want to be male or female? Yes, you pick your parents. Yes, you pick your really? friends. Okay. You do all of that. It's but all you're not your coming back as a cow or a cat or a bird necessarily. Yeah, I guess if you want to. If you want to, okay. sure. Yeah. There isn't, which freaks me out a little. I have to tell you. Well, people are identifying as those things now <laughs> while they're alive right. these so, days. So. so, so anyway, no, it's the soul contract, okay. and that's your soul. Your soul is all of your repositories of all the lives and stuff that you've had before. That's okay. such a great way mm-hmm. to put it. Yeah. Because so. I believe in everything, don't believe in anything. I've never put it so eloquently, though, but that's exactly how I look at things. That's so, yeah, awesome. so that's the way it is. And so I've read a lot 
and that was, you know, Jane Roberts with Seth, uh, Shirley MacLaine out on a limb and her couple of her other books. Um, oh, I can't remember the name, the author's name, but the Life and Times of Billy Fingers. I've heard of that. Oh uh, yeah, so this is this bad boy. He was a drug addict and mm-hmm. stole and stuff, and he died. And he comes back and he tells his sister what life is like after he's passed mm-hmm. and stuff, and really? just the overwhelming love that happens, all the the higher element, all the higher dimensions, and all of the other stuff. So, and I firmly believe in it. Right. So, so your your so house, cool. you said your house is protected with all kinds of stuff. Was it like that before you knew there was a portal? Yes. Okay. Because I've been practicing my magic, my witchcraft since I was about 30. And so I've always had a protected house before the, so when I moved in and already started, it just comes naturally because I I like a lot of candles and like the stuff. One of the things I've always wanted to have bosoms over, which are brooms, to put over my doorways. When I went to Salem and did readings there. And That's it a cool Oct- town. I, I loved it there. <clears throat> it is. Yeah. I'm not going back in, in October again, but I'm going back. <laughs> a little busy. A <laughs> little busy. Yeah, yeah, right. A lot busy. <laughs> right. Um, but I bought brooms to put over all of that. And then friends of mine made, I don't know if you know what witches' balls are. So no. they're, they're glass Christmas ornaments that have different herbs and spices oh, okay. and stuff oh, okay. in. And they're for, like, protection, remove negativity, health and welfare, that sort of stuff. And so I have... I have them all over in the house. Like, and you had all that so, before you even felt the presence on the property. So which, I had that before I really knew that I had a portal. I, okay. So I guess my my question then would be, um, did somebody choose you? Yeah, how did you and the property come together? Do you did, think, I mean, because you, you, you like that? all that stuff is there, so you're you're already open to these possibilities. You're the perfect person to be there. Or yeah, was I that portal there before? And you now moved you're now, taking now care now of the property. Now you're asking me questions. And I'm like, no, I gotta think. About right. That. Well, right. see, I mean, that's, because you're 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 helping these these aberrations and so entities. So, so that I, that's that was my first. If thought, I go that, there, I'm not capable of doing that necessarily. That, so no. I um when I bought the house in 1998 um. So when I first bought the house, I didn't know about the portal. The portal was. The portal was outside in my lawn. Because the house that I'm in now is not the same house that I bought. Okay. I bought a double-wide mobile home trailer that was on the property. And where the house, where my house is sitting, was a workshop um, and things that my ex-husband built. Okay. And so I had no idea there was even a portal because it was outside. And now what you're talking about, I'm like... Wait a minute. It was outside. Right. And so because you just, mentioned that yesterday. Because we just yeah. we built the shop over the top of it, and then now and then my now it's in the my new husband <laughs> and I revamped that two car garage and shop into our our single so, living home. And that's and then somebody that's when Matt told me I had a portal there. So it's been there all the time. So I on, just didn't on that, notice it until after we actually re- okay. did everything. Sorry. On that, oh, no that. problem. On that subject, do you have any idea how long the portal has been there? I mean, is there any way to know that even? Probably no way to no, tell. No, right? and here's the... So Duluth has such old history yeah. and things that's there. So, yeah, I don't know. It could have been know. there for thousands and thousands of years. It could have been. And Do those... They, they can just pop up, right? As far as you know, they, as far as I know, they can. Okay. Um, so how do you? I guess did, did people live there before that thought there were things there? I just I I I believe that they came together. In, I believe that 
that there are things working, obviously, right. in realms There's that we don't know. There's a reason you bought that, that property. There's a reason that I brought the property. you right. were chosen. Well, I love Duluth, and it's right, Lake Superior's my backyard. And uh, the minute that I got onto that property, it felt like home. I think. Like, I like You love, were drawn to it, That maybe. was drawn to it. Yes. I like it. I love that. It's my home. It's my safe haven. And you're taking care of it now, even the entities that come through the portal. Because what if, what if somebody else would have bought that house, they never, and they would have heard knocking, and then they'd sell it? They're right, like, I'm or, or they get it exercised, or God knows what. All, so. And the, the property at one time, like we have a house that's right next to us, and that the person that lived there actually owned all of it, and then they split the property. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. And then before that, there was actually a restaurant on our on the property. Oh, cool. And the and there in my backyard was a chicken coop but it really wasn't a chicken coop it was mm-hmm. a pheasant coop that the restaurant served pheasant as their specialty oh wow there's some history there then and then as most restaurants in duluth and i don't know why this happens they burn down <laughs> like it burnt down yeah insurance i mean yeah, <laughs> maybe <laughs> i don't know but it was an old restaurant i mean it had so i've owned the property for 20 some years I don't know how long the, the my neighbors, the Johnsons, owned it, but I know the restaurant was before that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, and it had been there for quite a few years. And his first book, he talks about a lot of buildings were built in wood, so they burned down a lot. Right. It just happened yeah. back then. Well, and you know, everybody does their own wiring. And right, right. <laughs> There's so perfect is. combination of it is perfect uh, combination. The storm, yeah. Um, but I do have a family of four okay. that, that live there because that was their. Um, Last happy place, yep. and what I can determine—they stay there. Yeah, because they—that's um, their happy times in their lives. Their happy times. He was um, part of the architects and stuff that was expanding Duluth out because one Duluth, Duluth is right there. Right. But when you try to go up to the North Shore and you went to go up to like Split Rock, there's no roads. Not like right. when they did all the lumber and stuff like that, all the lumber came down mm-hmm. the the lake. They the took river, down the lake, yeah, right, and so yeah. he was part of the team that was expanding Duluth and putting the roads and stuff in. And so, um, and because he had access, um, they drove up and had a picnic on our property. And then on the way home, um, their car flipped and they all drowned. So now they, you say they stay there. They know they're gone and they choose to stay there? Yeah, they know that they're gone. They choose to stay there. They love campfires. They're always around when we're out out having campfires. Um, But I want to say, and the time frame's right, because I can see her in her um, dress, and it's like the late 1800s, early 1900s type thing. So So as far as you having this ability since most of your life, how did you come to realize it and then hone in on it? Well, my mom was very psychic, and she's the one that taught. We've been hearing that over and over. Yeah, again. so it's my like mom was very psychic, and degree. my mom's the one that taught me how to read cards. So, okay, I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you think we're all capable? And because you oh, had we're that, all capable. You had that resource. We all you capable. You honed into it because yeah, of that. We're okay. all capable, and I didn't really start using my gifts until later. And it was just—it's just been oh, the yeah, last three 30, years or so right. that I've started really working with the mediumship and the psychic abilities and i didn't really realize how psychic i was until i i had to go through a class to figure out that i was really super psychic but i was who just knows that and then you know when i talk about the class and then i talk about things and then i go well this happened and my well that happened way before i even took the class so i realized it's always been it's always been there i just didn't hone on into it until i was saying 
It's it's time. I have to do it. And so. you, you, it never even occurred to you that you were brought to this property, though, like that you guys were faithfully t- supposed to be together. It never even occurred that's, to me. Hey, that's pretty cool. Sometimes we have thoughts that are. Well, I think there. I think that's. I th- I like it. To yeah, me, that's ma- of course it makes me, perfect it's, sense. It, yeah. I think you were chosen. Yeah, because I don't know that I would have appreciated and, and been I, able to do anything about it. You know, that's so cool. But I'm not. Uh, I used to get kind of spooked when I used to see the shadows going by, and I don't anymore. You but, understand what they are, more. but I understand what they are now. And if there's people walking by, that means they're trying to get my attention. Yeah. So that means I need to yeah. talk to them. Um, that's so cool that you come come together. But the, with be the only one that I actually physically saw, and I call him the bald guy and his and his dog. <laughs> so he's in my bedroom, and my husband's bald. So, huh. and so, and so I I opened my eyes and here's this bald guy at the end of the bed walking. I mean, physically see him walking onto my side of he the bed. He looks like a three dimensional being. Yeah, a three dimensional yeah. being. First time I've ever had that happen to me. Okay. And wow. I'm kind of groggy. You know, because you're kind of that yeah. half awake, I half asleep. I suck at mornings. I understand uh, completely. And uh, this is the middle of the night. Okay. And, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, why is my husband getting up and walking around? And then I realized he can't get up and walk around because he's just had surgery done on his ankle. Oh. And he's immobile for the next six weeks. That quickly you realize it couldn't have been him. It wasn't him. And I went... Oh, God. Wow. Who's here? Mm-hmm. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And why are you in my room? This why is supposed are you in my to be bedroom? Off, yeah, right. this is supposed to be off limits. Right. So I kept seeing him, and I kept seeing this dog with him all along and everything else. And I may start crying. And I'm, so, I'm an emotional um, person. It's fine. So uh, He's seen me do it on our podcast. <laughs> so, so this was like in January time frame. In March time frame... Um, we had to take our dog down to emergency vet visit because we we thought that he had a bowel instruction and that we need to get it taken care of and everything else. So it turned out he had cancer, and we had to put him down. He's been through something like that a little bit. Oh, my God. And I love, I love that. That Back dog was mine. May, I love that yeah. dog. And um, They're part of the family. Was part of the family, but here's the deal. We got him from the Houston floods. Oh, and so he was a rescue from Texas, and he was very well groomed and he was very well trained, and he had been in the facility for my my spirit mm-hmm. guards are telling me, yep, <laughs> um, was telling you know, we were thinking like why, like he was such a sweet boy, he was mm-hmm. such a sweet boy, and we're thinking why wouldn't an owner. Find, try to find his dog. Right, especially such a good dog. He was right. such a good dog when we realized gone. the owner didn't make it. Right. The owner didn't make it out of the flood, right. and neither did his sibling, mm. and that's who was in the house. That was his owner mm. and his sibling oh, came to collect him. Right. The goosebumps are transferring yeah, to man. other people. <laughs> yeah. Like when, I got when tears I was, in my eyes. You said you were going to cry. I, I know. I, I made it through, but normally I just, it was, it was... Like when wow. I, and I, I bawled so much for yeah, that dog and stuff. I, I mean, he was my dog and he just was so sweet and everything else. And then when I realized that's who it was, then I cried for weeks later. So <laughs> it, 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 I was going to say it's closure, but maybe it opened up stuff that you hadn't fully dealt with. Maybe yeah. Or and so stuff it is like closure, that, but it, it's comforting to know right. that. So do they stay there? 
Or did he? Did no, they're he gone. Eat? Okay. They're gone. I think he came to collect him. So the closure did happen. Mm-hmm. That's, or that's maybe just amazing. to make sure he was okay. Right. Well, that's, that's like what that, I mean by yeah, closure. Yeah, yeah, to finish the story. Yeah. Right. It was like, oh, oh wow. Yeah. He got his donkey back. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Well, thank you for sharing this. Yeah, I can Absolutely. talk to you. I could talk to you for weeks. <laughs> You're such a sweet woman too. And it, oh, man. story. All right, all right. <laughs> we got to stop though. Okay. Well, My makeup is running. Thank you. So we just um, we just had an episode a few episodes ago. I keep going back to things that we've talked about because there's a reason that we talk about a lot of this stuff. Is Burlington being a, a vortex, a vortex slash portal kind of? The same thing of Burlington, Wisconsin, where a lot of people think that's a vortex where a lot of different spirit worlds can come through. That's the Kettle Moraine episode, right? Right. So, you know, it's kind kind of like a, a wormhole. Sedona, Arizona is another is another place that a lot of people, because of the I've energy there, that, it just yeah. feels different, you know? And, and so this is not that unusual, you know? It's not unheard of that people believe that a certain place, and obviously with her, she thinks it's her house. Well, Ooh. even like the Bermuda Triangle is considered a big one. There's a lot of them all over the world, supposedly. Yeah. I mean, she uh, is definitely was believable when we talked to her. No oh, question yeah. about it. She believed it 100%. And I believe her. Yeah. You know, I mean, she, how, she seems like a credible source no anyway. No question about and, it. And so, like, and all of these stories, the people are so enthusiastic when they're telling it. They're not, you just don't get the feeling they're just trying to get attention or, or reel people in. The the reason they are interested in hunting the paranormal and finding out more about it is because of these experiences. You know, that, that's what drew them in in the first place in a lot of cases. And this one is so dramatic. It's Whether you believe their stories or not, they make them believable, so they're interesting to hear. They, they, they reel you in. They, and I believe the majority of not all of these people and, and their stories and it's just interesting, and it's it's fascinating to hear these people have these experiences and, and how vivid they remember them many years later even. 83%, I just saw the stat, 83% of Americans believe that they have experienced something paranormal in their homes. Wow. 83%, that's almost everybody. Where they live, yeah. In their homes, not even talking about what's happened after that or outside of that. Right. So why this? a lot of this stuff is still thought of as taboo um i don't really understand since almost everybody believes this stuff well it's because people are judgmental but but i think we're finally breaking through those gates and you know realizing it i hope so you know and and one of the reasons we wanted to do this at a paranormal conference is because this is where people were going to we're going to be okay telling this accepting of each other of course yeah and that's the feeling that's why and we've already talked about this a little bit so i won't go too far but that's why i enjoyed that that so much everybody was so open-minded and friendly and and non-judgmental which where do you get that anymore and even like with with extraterrestrial experiences and stuff i think we're finally starting to open our eyes and maybe be smart enough and evolved enough to understand that these things are definitely real especially with all the experiences with so many people as stupid as human beings can be with so many people having having recanted so many stories there's got to be some legitimacy to them you know it it just has to be 83% of americans aren't lying in their house in their much house. less anywhere else yeah. they go so just keep an open mind open your ears open your eyes and keep an open mind and what this world can offer i don't think we have any clue Amen, brother.